What's going on, Whisper Nation? It is the Fantasy Whispers bringing you another Mock Draft Monday. we got a 14-team PPR Mock Draft with one spot left at the 1-1. We're going to be getting started here in just a second. But be sure to jump onto the Fantasy Whispers Twitter to grab the link to our sleeper room and grab that last spot. We're joined here by Travis, as always, Johnny Game Time Hicks, and very excited to announce the Snap Fantasy Football Podcast. Lando and Mac are here, and they're going to be joining with us and drafting alongside the entire time of our 14-team PPR mock draft. Let's go. Right here. What's up, fellas? What's going on? Hey. Getting the whole band together. Yeah, I'm happy to be in with you guys. I haven't really been doing too many mock drafts. I'm jacked up. I, uh, it's nice to be with the Whispers. You guys are doing this journey similar to us. You guys, you guys have a great following, Whisper Nation. Uh, welcome, and uh, thanks for having us. That's what's kind of cool is we have like probably the most crossover of like Whisper Nation and then you you know the snap following between mm-hmm. guys. We you know Easy who's in here. I think Easy Daddy's in here, and and just want to say really quickly. Uh, Eric's daughter, it's her 13th birthday today. So, Chloe, oh, yeah. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Chloe. Yeah, uh, yeah, awesome. here. Gonna... But just a testament to both channels that uh, we've got these guys rocking with us uh, across the different platforms. So, yeah, man, you guys are uh, our brothers in arms, so to speak, in, the, in this industry. We appreciate having you guys on. That's what it is. Absolutely. All right. Oh, we just filled up. We got all of our spots, fellas. Yes. Pyro. We That's are all full now. So there's no reason we can't get this one started now. We've got our 14 team fully loaded with everybody from Whisper Nation. Um, what the Snap Army? What what do we call? What do we call your <laughs> like, it, I mean, it used to be the S when we were the Saturday morning snap. It was the SMS crew, but I think we're just going Ooh. Snap Crew. Ooh, I like Snap, snap Army though. That's nice. That's nice. The Army. Snap Army, just slow, man. It was, it's all it's all yours. <laughs> so run with. Got, we got I want to ask you guys, we've been talking about our uh, to start off our mock drafts every Monday that we do. And hey, those of y'all listening, if you haven't liked and subscribed, be sure you do so you can catch the notifications coming up when we do our live mock drafts every Monday. We'd love to have you along with us. But I want to ask you, Mac and Lando, mm-hmm. what has your strategy been in terms of the early round selections right now? Who are you taking at one? Is it a question mark at this point? Do you have a consensus or a few guys you're picking between at the early side of the draft? I've been a proponent of running back early, as always. I went Saquon Barkley, getting some value there at the 104, I think. Uh, I kind of really haven't thought about Jonathan Taylor. Easy's going right after me with JT. I could definitely see JT bumping up uh, to my spot in regular mock drafts. But um, Saquon Barkley, I think, has a great opportunity. Again, I know that the offense isn't great, but I'm I'm still psyched on him for uh, 2021. Yeah, that was going to be my pick uh, if Easy didn't take him there. I was really stoked to get JT at 1-6. Um, in terms of the 101, I think people are going to try to try to get cute and take Dalvin, um, potentially Alvin Kamara. I'm a little bit hesitant with, with Kamara that high, just given we don't know what's happening with the quarterback position in, in New Orleans. And we saw the decline of Alvin Kamara's production when Taysom Hill was was the starter. So I do think that the fan, uh, the quarterback does relate to his his fantasy value. But Christian McCaffrey's a, a no-brainer, and Saquon, JT, they're all up there. I think Nick Chubb could be the 101, though. He, he could be the number one running back. I was thinking about that today. I was When I was picking my spot, I almost went 1-1, and I was like, when I take Nick Chubb, I want to. <laughs> 
but I don't Dang. know if Mac and Land are going to laugh at me. So I don't know if I can do that right now. <laughs> that, I mean, there's there's a case to be made for like the top seven guys off the board here to finish as the running back one. Like I don't think it's outlandish to say that any of them, given the right year, could do it. So it's a pretty deep, deep top end. I, I love the Nick Chubb pick as the number one overall. I, I think he, he definitely has the talent. I think if he stays healthy last year, I think he does it. And mm-hmm. I, I just think the, the amount of carries he gets is so steady and how efficient he is um, that they, they, they found something that really works in Cleveland. And the thing is, is the, you know, his, his draft capital is driven down so much because of Kareem Hunt. And so many people are afraid of Kareem Hunt when in reality, you have to just look at it for what the situation is. Mm -hmm. And, and that's just what today's football is like. You're going to have a one a and a one B in, in uh, running backs. And you just, you look for the best systems and the most efficient players in those. And Nick Chubb checks all of those boxes for me. Which is true, except for maybe Derrick Henry is the one outsider, right? Who is like this yeah. 2002, you know, mm. time machine halfback <laughs> who's here. But those we talked about like the one, one spot here at the one, one through the one seven. Mm-hmm. I think you can kind of make a case of ordering those seven running backs in any which way you wanted, which then would leave Ezekiel Elliott out of that first group for the first time in a long time. And we really got into it last week, talking of where Ezekiel Elliott should be slotted right now. I'm really curious to your take on this. Is he starting to slip the way we saw David Johnson beginning or Todd Gurley beginning to slip? Or is, is this just a situation where Dak Prescott was out, their offense wasn't on point? Is he, is he on that downward decline at tier two maybe now, or is, or is just last year a fluke year, you guys? Uh, you can take this one, Lando. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought this up, Austin, because he's a really difficult uh, running back to project ne- next year. At the 110, when where Johnny took him, it might be an absolute value. value. A, yeah. a great spot for Zeke Elliott, just by the drop, by the dip in value on Zeke. But he's scary. He doesn't look like the same guy that he once did. He came out as a rookie and was running people over, kept those legs moving, was a dynamic player, and justified that early draft pick by the Cowboys. I'm am concerned with him, and I might I don't know if I'm gonna have too much Zeke Elliott this year, because I'm at that point I might take a Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, uh, a difference maker at the position, rather than a Zeke that I'm just not really that excited about. I mean, for, let the record show I'd rather have Zeke over Mixon or Aaron Jones. I, I do certainly think that he is in the upper part of the the tier. Um, but I, I actually think he's in a spot where there could be value because of mm-hmm. the recency bias with, with last year. So I'm not down on Zeke. I'm not down on the Cowboys offense. I think Dak Prescott comes back and it's a totally different different offense. So um, he might be disrespected right now. He He's not. I mean, I think his ADP at 110 is, is pretty – pretty reasonable um but it could be a a great value no doubt yeah definitely i think those are really refreshing takes um and we saw ezekiel Elliott there go off the board taken by game time hicks who's making up his second selection yeah i've been kind of thinking of of ezekiel Elliott as like josh jacobs who's another really talented runner but i've got some question marks both about the team both about his health both just just kind of surrounding there but i'm still excited to grab him just not as early as i once was um I wanted to also get your take on some of the wide receivers who are coming out. I, I took DK Metcalf here. How are you factoring in DK's 
route tree, his his the quarterback dilemma that's going on in Seattle. Is DK <laughs> an elite wide receiver based on what we saw in his second year, his sophomore season, or or should we be pausing on that elite status until we get a little bit more clarity on who's behind center in Seattle? Whew. Well, dynasty startups right now. I mean, DK is a top five wide receiver, and I don't. I, I'm not against that, but when you talk about his ceiling, uh, if you take Russell Wilson out of the equation, it certainly changes. And so I think that there is some, there's some dependency on the quarterback position. Like if, if for whatever reason, Russell Wilson gets dealt and all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, that changes how I feel about DK Metcalf. It, you hate to say it, but it, it, it does matter. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, well, I think the the offense is a little bit untrustworthy at times, especially in the back half of last year, based on offensive line issues, based on turnover issues by Russell Wilson himself. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's laughable to me that Russell Wilson had so much to say about the offense when a lot of their decline was on turnovers that he made. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think there are some situations there with where DK DK is, you know, his ceiling with Russell is there. I mean, world beater ceiling, yeah. uh, both Russell and DK, that whole offense really. Uh, but we know that, you know, there's some, there's some volatility with that offense. Um, we'll see they're, they're implementing, you know, similar to the Rams and the Niners scheme. So that'll be some, some run game infused stuff, but it, it'll be nice to see what they do to d- get DK in space. Uh, some screens, some jet sweeps, other things like that. The the big thing in the latter end of the year was you stopped. You didn't see Russell Wilson pushing the ball downfield as much as he did in the first, you know, half of the year, right? Like him and Tyler Lockett were, you know, huge game week after week. It, it flip flop back and forth, but one of them had, you know, a couple hundred yard uh, and, and multiple touchdown games. And you just didn't see that the second half of the year. The offense went from very aggressive to pretty passive. And I think the absence of of Chris Carson for that stretch certainly didn't help either. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson has to be attributed, but I also think he has to be credited for a lot of DK success with the aggressiveness of the of the offense. But DK Metcalf certainly didn't win you any leagues down the stretch. You know, there's this really interesting conversation that's coming out this year more than I've seen it in any other season. And that's where franchises who have been married to a specific player, usually a quarterback, are all of a sudden just reassessing their relationship with this individual and making some decisions that I I think are catching some of us off guard. You know, whether it's Matt Stafford and the Lions have legitimately mutually decided to go different ways Mm -hmm. or J.J. Watt decides he's no longer involved and they want it. They just (laughs) cut him and he's signed by the Cardinals. We have Russell Wilson, who was an MVP candidate leading the way, like nearly halfway through the season last year, who then all of a sudden is like, you know, chop liver on the side of this. Jared Goff, who had gotten a fat contract, first overall pick, is then just shipped over to Detroit the Taysom Hill and the, and the Jameis Winston back and forth after Drew Brees. It's just, I've I've seen this, like, it almost was like we used to look at quarterbacks the way that we would evaluate a playing card. And it's like, you're graded at this level. And then all of a sudden we're just swapping out the values because three games happened and we changed our minds. Is, am I crazy in that? Or are, are we really like switching values on guys like pretty, pretty arbitrarily and quickly? They're just, they're, they're finally starting to play fantasy football and it's great. (laughs) This is exactly what we've always wanted. A bunch of Madden heads. Yeah. Finally running franchises. It's really interesting. There's a massive shift in value, Austin. And it's, uh, 
it's this is going to be one of the best off seasons we've seen in a long time. What who's going to fold first with the Deshaun Watson saga, and what kind of value can they get for these players? There's some really good quarterbacks coming up in this 2021 class, mm-hmm. and um, maybe they're just like us in dynasty overpaying for these exciting rookies, drafting Najee Harris above a Miles Sanders and Stephon Diggs. Like that's why because of mm-hmm. his opportunity and talent. And I don't know in this class, I'm concerned that there's there aren't any cornerstone running backs like we've seen in a while. Yeah. There's some really good wide receivers. We love Jamar Chase on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. but the, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne and Javante Williams are going to be very feasible and they could be very they could be good for your fantasy teams in dynasty, but they're not going to be a Jonathan Taylor, a Saquon mm. Barkley, a Nick Chubb. One of those players you actually like cornerstone, you build your teams around the foundation of these players. I don't know if we have that this year for, for running backs. Don't get me wrong. I like them. I think they're going to be great. They're rookies. I think if they get a second contract, that's going to be awesome, but I'm really banking mm. on a one year contract for these guys to be productive on your teams. I just think, like, when you look at it in in retrospect, sorry, Austin, I know you're going to recap the teams real quick, but I rookies rarely, you know, in the beginning of, you know, for a full season pan out if you draft them high, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Saquon Barkley, he panned out, but what was he like, like Landon said? Landon, like, he was a cornerstone rookie running Ezekiel back, right? Generally, like, is he, yeah, yeah, like yeah. – these guys, to me, like Najee Harris isn't a generational type of guy, like Landon was saying. And so for me, like I, I, I have a hard time drafting him, any of these rookie running backs, especially right now, not knowing where they might land in mm-hmm. that situation uh, any time before the, the end of the third, early fourth. Well, I want and- so, sorry, uh, I was just going to piggyback off that. We haven't seen since this isn't like the early 2000s, late 1990s, where you see running backs going in the top 10 picks. You know, Saquon Barkley was really one of the first running backs to be taken. What was he, number two? Him uh, and Zeke were right up there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, there's a case to be made that Saquon Barkley is a generational talent for his breakout age. And, you know, when you're drafted that high, you are expected to get a workload, but look how good this last running back class was and how long did it take for these guys to get established workloads from a fantasy perspective, mm-hmm. half a season men, you know, how long did it take Jonathan Taylor to really take hold of that backfield? It took a long time. Um, and so I think that's one thing to keep in the back of your mind, too. You know, I was tempted to go Travis Etienne there um, instead of, you know, going Allen Robinson. But in the back of my mind, I'm going, yeah, that's great for depth. But he's not going to be a, a, a relevant piece for me if he does pan out until probably week 10, week 11, week 12. So that's a long piece to carry for you know, in my third round pick. So that's why I passed on him there. That's a great, great point. And I need to find the hard stats on running backs selected in the first round, but outside of the top 10, we bring this up every mock draft Monday, it seems. And I had come across such a fire stat that had pointed to some of the things Johnny has been mentioning for years. And that's the contrast you see in a running back drafting in the first round and say the first 5, 10, 15 picks, and then say like a CEH who was taken in the first round but at the very, very backside of the draft mm-hmm. and how much 
more production those running backs have their second year than their first. But those guys who are taken early on, the Zeeks, the Saquons, the Leonard Fournettes, those guys usually do make a big impact. And speaking of impact, before we keep this conversation going, I want to do a quick recap for the listeners of our first three rounds that have been selected all the way through. Um, We saw Christian McCaffrey to lead this draft off at the 1-1 position, followed by Todd Gurley. Excuse me, I'm looking at him on the thing. Todd Gurley did not go 1-2. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Calvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and DeAndre Hopkins to close out the first round. We saw the second round start off with DK Metcalf, followed by James Robinson, Patrick Mahomes, A.J. Brown, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Swift, Michael Thomas, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akewards, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Najee Harris, Miles Sanders to close the second. We saw the third round there begin with Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, Travis Etnine, Kenyon Drake, Mike Evans, Chris Carson, George Kittle, Lamar Jackson, and I'm closing out the 13th round here with my pick. I got 10 seconds, so I'm going to turn it over. Ooh, that was nice. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but our boy Austin does the two-minute two drill, drill this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was just practicing for that regular season grind right there, man. I like that. I like that. Um, I will note, though, uh, a friend of mine pointed this out to me. They, in the they last like. What? Pardon? What did your friend do? No, he pointed this out to me <laughs> uh, in the last 10 years. Now, if you go back any further than that, I mean, the, the the change in how teams drafted is pretty drastic. But within the last 10 years, there's really only been a handful of running backs selected in the first two rounds that haven't warranted a, a workload at some point in their careers. Like the one that jumps out in the last you know five years is Rashad Penny. He never really got a workload. But you go back and you look at all those draft classes, guys drafted in the first and second round as running backs have turned out to be very fantasy relevant and, and gotten full workloads. Mm. So that's sort of, I think, an indicator in, in the modern NFL of what the potential possibility could be in terms of like fantasy ceiling. You know, yeah, I think it's back- staggered, right, too, based on draft capital, right? You right. usually see that equate to production, at least like you said, on at a some volume point. standpoint uh, for, for a running back, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. You know, that that tends to be, especially with the De- the Devi guys and some of the dynasty stuff, that tends to be the calling card. Well, he was drafted higher, you know, and, and sometimes that can be the tiebreaker as far as what we can project um, as far as production. What are some of the running backs you're then excited for this year coming in who are maybe second year players? Maybe there were third year players who started to come and break out a little bit. For me, I'm really honestly excited about CEH this year. Um, I had thought he could have been a dark horse last year. Definitely wasn't in that tier one category by any means, but still at 4.0 yards per carry. The Chiefs are still looking like they're the best offense in the NFL, and unless they make some moves, I'd expect to see a a running back who's a little bit quicker, who's a little bit more adept at noticing the holes, and I think you could see a big bump up in production from CEH here too. But I want to know your takes. Who who are some sneaky ones that we should be looking out for, You know, whether it's J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, um, Gibson, Akers, a lot of guys to, to choose from here. Who are you most excited about? 
I think buying the the value on Cam or sorry, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Austin is a great call. Uh, he was the first pick of those rookies last year, uh, but now he's going at the fifth spot, fifth or sixth spot. So I think mm-hmm. it's a great call buying in on the dip of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, like you said, in a great offense. I'm big on Cam Akers. I think uh, uh, what sets him apart from J.K. Dobbins is the workload he saw late in the season with L.A., uh, it's a nice that think he has Stafford there as well. That offense will just be better. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought he was great coming out. I was he was one of my favorite backs out of out of college. His offensive line at Florida was just one of the worst of all time. <laughs> and uh, I think this LA LA Rams offense is is a great a great offense to really buy right now. Uh, it's included in, in Cop and. And then and, and everyone there. Robert so I, I'm in on Cam Makers as, as mm. Robert Woods is the name that didn't come to me. Any and follow up on that? Any Daryl Henderson concern? Is is he a threat to the ceiling of Cam Makers, or he's playing second fiddle on that in that band? Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm not uh, I'm not concerned at all with with Daryl Henderson. Honestly, right. no, no. And, and the one other thing I'll say about Ch, I think the Chiefs saw the value in an established run game in that Super Bowl. I mean, they really mm. struggled. Um, to push the ball downfield when Pat Mahomes was just swallowed up. I mean, those as great as they are in scoring in an instant, I mean, those those plays take time to develop. And without that run game, without sucking guys up to the line of scrimmage, that really got taken away and that Tampa Bay defense just planned for it. Well, I, um, I think I think what we also saw from that game though was that Pat Mahomes refused to do the checkdowns, which he was so accustomed to before. Um, because if you look at what Tampa Bay did, they played the Tampa two defense, which mm-hmm. takes away that big, the big play. But what happened was with, because Tampa Bay got up so early, Pat Mahomes was, was pressing. And so in, in normally, normally if you look statistically, it's smarter to let Patrick Mahomes pass, pass than actually hand the ball off and run um, because he's so efficient at it. The problem Mm -hmm. was, was he was trying to get back in the game so quickly and Mm -hmm. he wasn't taking those check downs that he was used to taking the Pat Mahomes, uh, you know, little out route, the Sammy Watkins kind of little out routes and things like that. He wasn't taking those. He was going and trying to get these long bombs to get in the game quickly. I think that's something that's also different. I think we we do kind of get it was one game. We have to also realize like they're they're 23 and 25, you know, and their last 25 games like they've mm-hmm. only lost two games. And so it's like I, I do think that CH will get better um, and they do realize that they do need to run the game and have a not be so one dimensional. But I am concerned. I am concerned because they Pat Mahomes is so efficient at throwing the ball that it doesn't mathematically make sense to hand the ball off to a running back. It sure does, though, when you have when you're paying your quarterback five hundred million and you need him to stay on the field. Yeah. Um, so it makes a lot of yeah. sense to pair that with a good running game mathematically. So, and I just just wanted to jump in on that because I think I I do think they're going to feel the pain of the Super Bowl a lot more recent recently you know these coaches these teams they get recency bias too yeah you know it's not just the fantasy football players they definitely want to try and and make uh make up for some losses and stuff so mm-hmm. travi i wanted to actually ask you what was going through your head at that pick i know you were waiting but it's hard to get a word in here with five guys uh, <laughs> yeah, they don't let us talk very much man 
Just no, me and Orlando need talking? our own spot. No, I'm just kidding. That's it, Travi. You and I, you and I will meet after. We'll we'll have a chat. Uh, <laughs> the show after the show. Over over Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Juju Cooper Cop. What are your, give me your thought process a little bit picking so, Woods. Amari Cooper, I just feel like with the emergence of CeeDee Lamb, that could eat into his value. He's also been an inconsistent guy for a long time. So it's it's hard to trust him there. Where Woods has been consistent for a long time. I know what I'm gonna get out of Woods. You know, he's gonna be a top 15 wide receiver. And now his ceiling may be a little bit higher with a guy like Stafford. So maybe he gets into the top 10 this year or something like that because of Stafford. Uh DJ Moore. Moore and Terry McLaurin really just QB issues for me that that's why I could I, right. I went with Robert Woods because I could trust the quarterback in the situation a little bit more do I love those guys did I look long and hard at Terry McLaurin yes uh, but with Alex Smith news coming he's probably going to be cut I just don't know who it's going to be yet once I do know that could easily propel him above a guy like Woods and, and things of that nature yeah, it's Hank, Hanky. That's the answer. Hanky's going to be. <laughs> I, for the Is same reason, I kind of took Jamar Chase uh, next. Like, I know Mark Cooper just had like a, a cleanup procedure on his ankle. He'll be fine. But it is the emergence of CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup's still there. Um, I mean, the Blake Jarwin truthers, I know you're out there too. You know, those guys are going to be, you know, waiting for him to come back and yeah, like this, this offense can be great, but um, I'm banking on Jamar chase going to a spot like, like Miami or um, potentially Philadelphia where he can just get a ton of targets, you know, really be a focal point in the offense. So not to say Amari Cooper is a fade. I'm just saying I'd rather. Right. Yeah. That's a really great point. And I'm legitimately curious to, to hear from the boys from snap fantasy and for everybody, Whisper Nation, who's been listening in on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, welcome. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button to catch our Monday mock drafts coming at you every week, as well as the daily content coming at you daily. Um, and join Snap uh, the excuse me, join the Snap Fantasies channel as well, so you can catch all of their content coming Appreciate at that. you. Um, I wanted to ask you guys on your your take on some of the rookies right now. We've got some, especially in the wide receiver camp. Mm-hmm. What teams are you what teams do you start salivating a little bit at the thought of them landing on from a fantasy football perspective? We know how important talent pairing with the right opportunity is. Hello, Russell Wilson in Seattle. Um, but so many of those situations exist. Where would you love to see some of these top level talents um, at that in this rookie class land? Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, Jamar Chase, I don't really love where he's going to land, but I think he's talented enough where it doesn't really matter. I really think he's head and shoulders better than anybody else in this class. Uh, I think Jalen Waddle to the Chargers would be super interesting. Like, Ooh. just a guy that could blow that offense up. Um, they don't really have a guy that can that can stretch the field anymore. So, having Waddle in there would be awesome. Uh, I would also really love Rashad Bateman to Green Bay. I know it's not like an immediate need of ours. People will argue you need another linebacker, you need an O lineman, you know. Um, but I would love to see Rashad Bateman go go to the Green Bay Packers. He's he's my my second ranked wide receiver in the class, as is Landon's. And man, Rashad Bateman is I think very special. For the uh, Devonta Smith truthers, Devonte Smith truthers, I think if he goes to Arizona. That would be a really good landing that would be spot nasty. for him. Um, there's I been a lot of to Arizona would be. That's filthy. another piece. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like he's uh, like what they might have wanted Andy Isabella to be. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Could have had DK. Uh, 
It's okay. So could have 31 other teams. That's what makes me feel better. He was taking two picks after. And then we took Harrison Butker. And it's just like, I'm not sensitive on this one. Dude, it was definitely definitely our coaching staff was like, oh, we could get both the speed and the size and two players and we don't have to spend it on DK. Let's go that route. I love like, football focus. I spent the $29.99 a month for the elite subscription and stoted Steve Kime because I swear to God, he made all of his drafting decisions <laughs> on that list exclusively. Hey, I was stoked seeing that Andy Isabella had the well, highest PFF ranked of any rookie wide receiver coming in in their five-year history. Um, but don't take him over DK Metcalf. Are you freaking serious, Steve Kime? Are you drinking and drafting Kime was going for that tweet that PFF put out, which was that Arizona had the best graded draft based on yeah. all the players. It literally might have saved his job based though. on like, all of their yeah their rankings. Oh man, that was sticky. That was sticky. oh, we got jo- Josh A is saying Pitts to AZ. That would be yeah, that'd be great. There's no way he's making yeah. it though. That, no. Like I, I, I think he's going to go top five. Top ten. They're saying they're saying Pitts could go number two overall to the Jets, mm-hmm. and I like I don't put that past the Jets to make that pick. But I also kind of like that pick for the Jets because it makes a lot of sense. But oh, Chris, yeah. the Chris Herndon truthers are going to be salty. <laughs> oh my god, it's a re- it's, I'm sorry, it's just a reality. Like Kyle Pitts is one of the best tight end recruits that we that we've seen come out of college. You know, in a long time. If, so if they did, if if you see Goodell up there and say. Uh, wide receiver out of Florida, Kyle Pitts. Where does he rank as a wide receiver for you? I what if honestly, he reclassifies? I, I think he's a top four wide receiver still. Yeah, like I think he's I, two. I, I think he's two. I'd have him two. Yeah, and I, and I don't argue with that. Like I, I could see that path. Like I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but I definitely do understand the argument of like I he just does hope everything that- Devonte Smith does and better. I, I just hope they don't like the the fantasy player in me just really wants him to be in that tight end position to just oh, wreak havoc. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. I agree. I'm, re- I'm really curious. I'm legitimately curious on this. And we do we do a lot of mock drafts. We do them every Monday. And if you haven't <laughs> liked and subscribed to the channel, make sure you do so you can catch those notifications coming at you when we do them every single week. But we talk a lot about the projections and our hits. You mentioned Lando, Chris Herndon. And God, I was a truther on Chris Herndon last year, and I was so stoked to snag him at the end of so many drafts. And then when I looked at week four and he had like, oh, my God, it was like ridiculous how few points this man had amassed. It was like him and I were contending on a real level. It was ridiculous. Um, Who were you guys just flat out wrong about? I was so wrong on Chris Herndon. I was – that last year, that one was brutal. We all had wins. We're all famous football geniuses here. (laughs) Our word is gold. Uh, you can take that to the bank, put it in Bitcoin, and take it straight to the moon. But who were on the rare off chances that you missed on last year and in, in last season? Oh, oh man. Uh, I'll, I'll say mine. I, I know one off the top of my head. And I'm still kind of holding out because I just think he hasn't had a good situation. But no, you're still in the denial. Uh, you're still in the denial Rashad stage Perriman's of grief. Break out here, dude. <laughs> <Rashad Perriman. laughs> uh, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. Ah, oh, me too. I was there too. Uh, yeah. That was, yeah. First wide receiver off the board. Yeah, first round talent. Um, You know, didn't have the trust in Brady, then had like the Newton Stidham thing going on. And like, who knows what happens uh this year? But I, I like, 
he just really hasn't had a fair shake, I don't think. And like he's super young and and he'll be fine, but I, I, I'm still holding out. I, I think he'll be all right. But I called the kind of the breakout with Cam Newton, and it just was not not there. I had a lot of like, Nikhil Harry stuff too. <laughs> what, uh, what what comes to me that I was wrong about is that players that did well, like Stephon Diggs, doing everything he did, yeah, that changing one, yeah, that changing situations and balling out, like being a true alpha, being a top like top five, top three wide receiver this year, mm-hmm. right? And and like yeah. and then drafting. Zeke Elliott really high and thinking that he could be arguably the number one running back. I know things happen, but you, you're still wrong about that. I didn't take Dalvin Cook. I didn't take, um, um, I don't know who else, Derrick Henry. I should have taken these guys and I took Zeke Elliott. So I guess. A few of those top five picks, though, Lando, went went south. You know, you had Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Zeke all go kind of south. Yeah. So can't think fault you too much when you when you take a top five we had a weird year for the top five it seemed like mm-hmm. last year yep oh did okay never mind i'm good <laughs> i'm good and i'm getting ready here to make my selection but before i do i want to give the last two rounds a rundown and, and picks here four and five we saw we saw leonard fournette start the fourth round off kenny galladay was selected next followed by kareem hunt julio jones darren waller Adam Thielen, CeeDee Lamb, Robert Woods, Jamar Chase, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Cooper Cup, Jalen Waddle, Mance, a lot of wide receivers, and here they come some more. DJ Chark, T. Higgins, Tyler Lockett, Odell Beckham, Justin Herbert, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cortland Sutton, TJ Hawkinson, David Johnson, Russell Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Mark Andrews, Todd Gurley is gone, and I'm going to close out the fifth round here with the quarterback from Arizona, Kyler Murray. Pair him up with the That's fun. It's just a fun Very game. nice, very you nice. Like fun I had game. I had considered it my pick pivoting just because of the wide receiver run that was ensuing and maybe going elsewhere, but I didn't like the value at running back. And there's just like five or six names I loved at quarterback and I wasn't impartial to to any, so I just thought I'd take Juju. But huge wide I, receiver run. Crazy. I, I think yeah, Juju gets gets more slack than he deserves. Maybe. Well, and, and if he ends up, it, I'm looking forward. I'm kind of banking on him ending up somewhere else. Like mm. Green Bay would be. Oh, um, don't, don't, don't do that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I did. I, I didn't like the we fact need that a, we need yeah. a perfect slot wide receiver, and I, I can think of nobody better than Juju. Hey, Smith. I, I definitely on. want Juju to move on from Pittsburgh. Needs to. Um, but. I, it made me very concerned when he was like, I want to go back to Pittsburgh this past yeah. week. I was like, but no, no, we don't <laughs> want you to go back there. Like, move on. Yeah, I think you'll be ya. better off somewhere else. Cause like, oh my gosh, I knew I should have taken him in the fourth I, or in the fifth. I wanted <laughs> Ronald Jones. I thought did. he was going to get to me in the sixth. No way. <laughs> I was going back and forth between I was like, oh, quarterback, right or do I take season. Ronald Jones right here? And I was like, oh, I'll just go ahead and take Russell Wilson because he just happens to be here, and Ronald Jones will make it back. And then, oh uh, my, you God. could have taken Josh Allen here instead. Mm-hmm. And then had yeah, I know. Jones. I'm very, I'm very mad about that uh, turn of events there. <laughs> that was. <laughs> There is a there is a good possibility that the the cat's pajamas by week ten could have no starting running back. Cat's pajamas. <laughs> That's how we live, man. Yeah. You live your life by the cat's pajamas. It's a wild and reckless, lawless ride. Yeah, cats I love do it. what they do. You know. 
What yeah. do you guys think about James Robinson? We, we've had some debates over his value, especially in Dynasty, but um, like it's it's hard for me to take him this high. And then the second, you think that's too high? The end of the what? Why? Why are you projecting I, him as, to be a, a top ten running back? I mean, I a, think he's he's he was pretty much there, man. He averaged fourteen points in PPR. No, no, all year look, long. I, I know what he did. I know what yeah, he did. Like, I just don't see what changes by improving the quarterback position other than improving the offense. Um, sure, sure. So, like, I just who you know, they what's, don't. What's the who was the compliment to James Robinson the whole year? James Robinson. No, James yeah, Robinson. Sure. Chris Thompson injured majority of the year. Uh, Daria Gumbawale irrelevant. Uh, Ryquel oh, Armstead dude. never got off the COVID list. Yeah, uh, you're you're naming a, a bunch of names that are like, uh, I, like. I know. Where's the lie though? Like, are is Jacksonville going to somehow they're man- magically going to get a complimentary piece that's going to pull well, back they, from what why, they want to do? Why why couldn't they take Travis Etienne at twenty five and pair him with yeah. Trevor Lawrence? What does that do to James Robinson? They have value? they have, they, a lot they have more other needs. Yeah, yeah, they, they don't have other need needs than running back. I, yeah, I don't. I don't disagree that I think that James Ron, like they'll bring in another running back and maybe Absolutely. he doesn't get the entire workshop. But once again, what we're seeing, and if you look at the data and it actually backs this up, players are more efficient when they have less carries. And so I think James Robinson could be very similar. He's going to be the goal line back anyway. So that's going to be, I think he'll get goal line work than he had last year. So then you see the increase there. Um, I do understand where you're where you're coming from, Mac, because I uh, trust me, I was I was one of the last people to get on board of the of the James Robinson boat uh, and bandwagon. But I will yeah, say, I like, like he he looked good last year, so there's no mm-hmm. reason for them to when that that team has a lot of needs. Uh, there's no reason for them to try to address something that I don't think needs to be filled right now. Like, yes, they'll bring in another running back. He'll probably get less carries, but you have to think he'd be just a little bit more efficient and he'd have more scoring opportunities because of, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence coming in there, them actually being able to move the ball and be efficient. It's not just Uh, like he, and he's not just a plotter. I mean, he had four or more catches in eight of his final 12 games. The guy can catch. Yeah. He, the guy can catch the ball too. So when you say like, Oh yeah, who else was there? Well, they didn't really need, anybody else to be honest like he they did didn't it have anybody else that's my point here's the elephant <laughs> like, in the room and why there's any doubt at all in james robinson undrafted if this guy was taken in the oh, second sure. round was a top five running back last year would anybody be saying we should take him outside yeah. of the top three no it'd be Probably totally not, different right? look johnny said he was almost the last guy on on james robinson <laughs> i was the last guy on james robinson like i told everybody <laughs> no, let's to clarify I'm, I'm not on james <laughs> robinson yeah, I'm never like, there. I'm talking about last year. So, like, I literally had to come to Jesus and and write about him in an article this year and say, look, like, I was wrong. Like, he was exciting to watch. I should have told people to invest more. I should have personally invested more in him. Um, but and I don't want to get caught in recency bias the other way and say just because I was off of him last year and, and was wrong that I want to come back to the altar, so to speak. But I really do believe that, you know, Barring some sort of, you know, ETN pick or something higher, uh, you know, capital wise, I think that he's set up to be just fine um, for for that spot. Second round. I mean, you're going to take your chance on other guys there. So, so let me let me 
position this a, a different way. What can James Robinson do that Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, Clyde, and Miles Sanders can't do? He's because uh, all of those guys are going to have equal-ish workloads. Yeah, so it's just personal preference. Like, am I going to fault you for taking the guy there that you like? No, I I just like why do you like James Robinson over those more proven guys? I don't. I'm just saying I don't mind the pick there. That's why I'm saying I think 202 is high for James Robinson. Yeah, I think there's better options elsewhere. This is a really interesting question, though, Mac. But like at two hundred two, and if you're like, I want James Robinson, that's my guy. I'm not going to get him. Like, I'm not going to yeah, fault you for taking him. Yeah, there. sure. I wouldn't take him there. I wouldn't take him there either. I wouldn't take him at all. Which running back would be the most negatively affected if that franchise drafted one of these top five running backs this year? You know, we've mentioned uh, you mentioned if Travis Etienne was taken, that would have an impact on James Robinson. We can argue if that was a positive or a negative. Um, but what running back would really be, have a negative fantasy impact if that team did draft? The, the one for me that comes up is is David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery is a really good talent. I think he actually leveled up at the end of last year, but he's another guy who had – Tariq Cohen is not an actual uh, plotter-type running back who's going to compete. So if he did, I would, I'd be a little nervous about that. But does anybody come to mind that if, if you had – I'll say it like this. Maybe I'll frame it like this way. If you had this running back in Dynasty – and then that team drafted a player, your heart far- falls the furthest. <laughs> so I'm going to address a couple things here because um, Mac went off and there's a couple tiers to what I believe as well. Oh, I'm losing my thing. Um, <laughs> and, and, and Dynasty Far, so redraft is a different animal. I think I think it's possible if, if Jacksonville doesn't take a running back in the draft that the workload alone – James Robinson's gonna have a very has a fine year. He showed that he could do it this past year. And the upgrade at quarterback, like Travi mentioned, is is gonna be great. Um, as for uh, dynasty formats, and and like Austin's mentioning, if someone drafts a player and like the the Jacksonville Jaguars have zero, they have zero money, zero input, they have nothing owed to James Robinson. They didn't spend a high draft pick. And if they want to, they could basically make him useless. Uh, there's very little loyalty to running backs. It could change in an instant. And at answering Austin's question, that the Kenyon Drake, Chris Carson, um, James Connors of the world, Miles Gaskins of the world, all those guys are are all players I do not want in dynasty football because they will be they will be overtaken by a rookie drafted in the top three rounds. Like it's and it's getting later. Yeah. Like. Uh, uh, running backs are going later and later in, in in the real football world. Even top four rounds, if they take a running back, those guys' jobs are in jeopardy. So that's why. And another thing that I've talked about before, James Robinson, his name value, the Travis and Johnnies of the world were not touting James Robinson until very late. So once James Robinson starts in a slump, and he's going to because every running back does, every wide receiver does, he gets in a slump, doesn't score doesn't get the opportunities, uh, Trevor Lawrence just airs it out, then his value plummets too mm-hmm. because people don't value him as much as they value a Clyde Edwards, a Cam Makers, the fantasy analysts were touting all season long. So James Robinson now looks like a guy like, oh, I didn't really want him in the first place, but he got a ton of value. He feels like a Jordan Howard to me. Remember how mm-hmm. fast Jordan Howard fell off a cliff? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you do, Travis. Except for Jordan Howard is not good at football. 
James <laughs> Robinson's actually good at volume. football. Go back to Why his he... season with the Bears, though. His he was a breakout but season. But there was a but there was a pro, like he still never issue. caught the ball, guys. Yeah, like, he, he still he, the he whole still is not a, a pass catcher. Okay, right. Once again, okay. four catches in eight of twelve games. Like he can catch the football. He had so sixty I, I, targets on the season last year. He had so, nobody else in the backfield readily available. Hold on, hold on. Not but at I'm all. Tell you this. Okay, he had. Hold on. I guess this that, was a right? team that wanted to lose to get the yes. first pick. Correct, and I'm not. I'm not. The game saying, plan was not to win. <laughs> right, but if when you look at it, he had. 60 targets. He had 49 receptions on 60 targets. He only had three drops. So you're telling me that you're going to bring in someone, a rookie that's going to, that they you, they would presumably have to spend a high draft capital on, which mm-hmm. they have a ton of needs, and it doesn't seem like James Robinson would be a need. And even and he's he was efficient. His his numbers prove that. Whether you want to say it was because he was force fed or or not, his numbers prove that he was able to keep up with that workload. So and I, am I saying he had three hundred total touches last year? Do I think he gets three hundred total touches? No, but he had ten total touchdowns last year. Do I think he could match that or possibly go over because he's going to have more scoring opportunities and they're not going to be able to stack the box? Let me check. I'll let's see how many times. Uh, he had an he had average of six point seven defenders in the box. Uh, he had seventeen point one percent stack front. That's, so that's really low. Yeah, that's that is pretty low. But do that you helps think his that's, that's not sure. that's not going to that's not going to go down with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is yeah. only going to help things like that. Should only stay the same if if not get better. Why did they do that? That's a really I, that that does strike me as low. Why would teams? Well, one reason it, one reason Jacksonville was up or was losing in a lot of games. So teams generally, when when they're not going to run as much, they won't stack the box because they're like, go ahead and run. We we don't need you. Like if so you you're run, essentially you're saying eat. that he just had free fantasy production. No, I'm not saying that. You exactly. can still just be so you can based on what you just said though, you're saying that you can only stop a guy if you have a loaded eight front box. That's not true. You can you can stop a run if you have six and uh, a six man uh box. Six yeah. men in the box and running and you can still get stopped. Yeah, I think the so, argument here is like are they gonna run are they gonna try to stop the run more when Trevor Lawrence is against them? Or like I mean, they're definitely Trevor Lawrence is an upgrade for the offense. Here's the other thing that we're not taking into account, and it's a small factor, but I still think it's a notable factor is that there is a massive difference between how a defense defends a mobile quarterback versus a stationary quarterback. And Trevor Lawrence is very mobile. Mm -hmm. And we've seen Minshew's not. He's the most mobile, one of the most mobile quarterbacks. Come on, she did have really yeah. Yeah. Hey, no, hey, look at right Minshew's stats, bro. Minshew's look rushing at. ability was up yes. there. For sure. okay. How many right. games did Minshew play? Agree, agree to disagree, play. fellas. I, I will pro football focus that right now. I He was he was <laughs> actually one of the most. Uh, Even if Minshew was, was though, it, it's almost like empty mobility, right? Because it's like, okay, go run around, bro. You're not winning games. You're not going to do anything we're actually going to need to impact if y'all want to, if y'all want to take the James Robinson top ten running back and take it to the house, all, you know, all the power to you. It's not what I'm going to shout from my rooftop. The I'm not. When we brought these questions, I want to know what your guys' take because I hear, oh, this is actually a great question here: J.K. Dobbins or James Robinson? And is this is this from Jay Blizzy? Is this from the Whisper Nation champ? 
Yeah. Jay Coming Blizzy. in, said, Whisper Nation champ. What's up, Jay Blizzy? Good to have you as always. J.K. Dobbins, who's who's. J.K. Dobbins looks great, but John Harbaugh likes to run a lot of running backs. He always does. It seems like that trend isn't continuing. Or James Robinson right now. Who, who would you take, Mac? Who would you take, Landa? I would take Dobbins. This year in a redraft? Yep. Mark Ingram gone, number one rushing team in the league. I will take J.K. Dobbins. I think it's tougher. for It's closer for me. I do believe in the talent of Dobbins a lot more. Uh, the volume that Dobbins was getting, uh, the lack of volume Dobbins was getting is a little bit um, little bit concerning to me. Uh, if you put me on the spot, I would probably... Uh, it, it's, it's closer than it is for Mac, no doubt. Uh, I believe in if nothing... I, I, Come on, Lando. You can do it. Just say it. You Dodd, take Dodd. James Robinson, dude. You, you, you take him. We know you would. Mac's not going to cut your pay or anything. You're, just tell him you're going to take him, dude. Be your own man, Lando. Don't matter if to I, me. If I was drafting, if I was drafting right now for the league, Dobbins is is draft proof. Now, if we draft in a normal and right before the league, and it turns out like if 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 things work out well for James Robinson, it's probably James Robinson for me. But right now, Dobbins is draft proof. They're not like there's no way. He he uh, he loses opportunities where there's a possibility that James Robinson does. You know, I, I think these are great takes, and I'm, I'm really curious, actually, of who we would begin fading or who we have questions with. And I want to take advantage of this expanded panel that we have right now, and kind of go through these round by round. You know, we're at this, we're working to the end of the seventh round here. In the first round, we talked about Ezekiel Elliott, who was taken, and we were talking about maybe fading him, but there's a little bit of opportunity that lies in there. I, I would, I don't want to belabor these points too much, but I am really curious. I think it's a useful piece of commentary, and it's, it's a little bit more than fun. It actually helps us get prepared for the fantasy season. Round by round, which guys are you, are you kind of fading on this? And knowing full well that you could be wrong, but, but right now you're taking a pause. So you know, Matt came out mm. real strong opposition there to james robinson going at 2-2 for mm. me personally my biggest fade at that in the second round is josh jacobs i'm still not having a problem having him but he dropped below four point yards per carry um, he's to me if john gruden and the raiders drafted a running back i'm really nervous because if josh jacobs is not getting volume on volume i'm just i'm just not stoked about him the way that i once was but that's just my take i kind of want to know wide receiver quarterback running back we've, we're just seeing a lot of data here on our on our draft, thanks for Whisper Nation for jumping in here. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, but who you're fading out or you're concerned about right now on this one? Kind of Johnny. What do you What do you think? Uh, I'm sorry, I was. Anybody? No, I was. I was clicking on. Uh, I was trying to run some stuff, so I wasn't paying. I was also looking up Gardner Minshew's rushing yards, uh, which. <laughs> Through, but which, by the way, through through twenty five games, actually, it's pretty through twenty five games, he has four hundred ninety seven rushing yards. Yeah. So, um, that's that's a lot more than a lot of quarterbacks that have played twice as many games that he has. It's it it's not it's not that impressive compared to the you know elite more elite rushing quarterbacks. Just um, it's not, I'm not trying to say Gardner Minshew's. I'm not trying to say Gardner Minshew's. Hold on, hold on. Like 350 this. rushing yards is not oh. okay. Okay, yeah, okay, but do, yeah, Trevor we'll, Lawrence going to be an elite rushing quarterback. Yeah, is that is what Trevor you're Lawrence? Yes. Yeah, we'll, he's going to be an elite Trevor rushing Lawrence. quarterback. He's going to rival Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson in rushing yards. I mean, did you not watch him in college? 
I did watch him in college. He's I want to very... see him be that. I want to see him be that fast against NFL defenses and not ACC defenses. He's gonna be Alex Smith. Uh, okay, right. <laughs> speed is speed, brother. <laughs> All right. Josh, maybe Josh Allen running maybe as Josh a, Allen running. I can I can certainly tell you that as a fan of Kyler Murray and watches and watches every single game, speed at college and speed in the NFL are different. Kyler got away from a lot more tackles and a lot more defenders in college than he did when in the NFL. He gets sacked quite a bit here. Uh, I'm. I'm just saying that I'm not saying Gardner Minshew is a, a world beater, but I'm also saying that he had a lot more rushing yards better than, than he thought. I yeah, think and, and I think that him his rushing his rushing ability is probably pretty similar to what you're going to see Trevor Lawrence. He'll probably I, average I about will. 20 yards per game. That's what that's what Gardner Minshew averaged per game was 20 yards. Do you think Trevor Lawrence will average more than 20 yards per game rushing? Absolutely. Okay, that'll be interesting. Absolutely. I don't know if that happens. Okay. Know. You guys That's like fine. Zach Moss coming into this year? Is he going to take the job over Singletary? No. Dude, no. Mac They're just gonna... got a Mac got a huge steal trade uh, where he traded away. I saw that trade. What? That you posted. Mac, you traded away Zach Moss. Oh, yeah. I traded away Zach Moss in the 104 for Aaron Jones and Kenny G. Steal. Absolute yeah. steal. In a dynasty league, yeah. I shifted my wait, say that one more, one more time. I'm sorry. I wanted to hear I that. traded away Zach Moss and the 104 yeah. for Kenny Galladay and Aaron Jones. Oh, okay. Where do you hope do you go? Do you think Aaron Jones stays in, in Green Bay or where do you want to see him go? Um, I don't know. I, I I don't think it from a money standpoint, I don't think it's really worth the capital. Yeah. Like I'm I'm okay moving on with AJ Dillon and like if we could bring back Jamal Williams, that'd be great too. Um it's a good question. Yeah. Be, I, I think he might land with like Miami or something like that. Yeah. They they could be the one team that could pay him. But I do think he's gonna get a sizable contract. And I'm not really a big fan of paying a 26-year-old running back for a longer term deal. So I'm I'm okay to pass on him. But I think wherever he does go, he does command a workload. I agree hundred percent. I took AJ Dillon when you when you you turn me off of Zach Moss. <laughs> quick I, I, I don't think Zach Moss is is very good. Um, I think Buffalo, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a move at Najee Harris. Um, mm. But between Singletary and and Zach Moss, it, it has not been great. I mean, Josh Allen's the leading rusher in that uh, in that backfield. So, yeah. So, I, you know, what's, what's, oh, no, what's funny is, is this is bringing me back to our debate we had on your 24 hour marathon where we were talking about the Buffalo backfield. And although we love heated debates and I hope the whisper nation also likes these heated debates. Cause this is the passion we have for fantasy football. And I, I remember coming out of there being like, all right, you guys both are arguing on either side. I don't even remember which side you guys were <laughs> arguing on. And I'm like, I just don't want a Buffalo back. That's period. And that ended up being the better case in the end. Cause yeah. neither guy could, could get a stranglehold. looks like Josh Allen was, is the running back in that, in that offense. And it was a, uh, it was, it's one to avoid, and I wouldn't be super excited if Etienne or Najee land in Buffalo. It's it's not a great one because Josh Allen's taking all the touchdowns. That's it. Yeah, there's definitely that was a that was the exact take that Evan Silva had for sure when we asked him the same thing, and it was like, you know, I want to get avoided. I just I believed in what I saw on tape and, and the talent out of Zach Moss out of college. I, I really liked Zach Moss coming into last year. I think he's going to be worth a late round dart throw unless they bring somebody in. Um, uh, he's going to be worth the dart throw because I do think like, yeah, 
you know, they were also one of the worst rushing teams. And that's not just because both backs suck. That's also because they chose to run the ball less. They chose yeah. to air it out. And I think, you know, when teams swing that pendulum over to that side, they tend to come back the next year mm-hmm. to run the ball a little bit more. And so I would actually be interested in somebody in the backfield. Um, and if nothing changes, if we're drafting as of right now, I like Zach Moss to project to be more of a all well-rounded back than Devin Singletary. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that Singletary has has won the job. I do I do still think it's very much so up in the air. And like Buffalo's scheme was was dependent on a graduation of Josh Allen's throwing ability. I mean, he increased his completion percentage by almost twenty yeah. percent. What a I mean, graduation! Fantastic. Like, <laughs> man, yeah. like, and, and you bring in up huge. You bring in an alpha wide receiver like Stephon Diggs, who has a career year. Yeah, that that certainly helps. Um, I mean, Gabriel Davis, like him and his little breakout too, is is great. Like uh, that whole offense as as a as a, a passing it was just fantastic. So I don't disagree that there probably isn't a little bit of a, a a shift back towards the ground because Buffalo has historically been a running offense, and they and that's might try to get back to team, it. Man, you're gonna want yeah. to run the ball for sure. Yeah, but again, like. <sighs> I think Josh Josh Allen's mobility certainly helps the passing game because it, it does force, you know, maybe the odd QB spy or, or some linebackers to stay up on the line to uh, to try to manage him a little bit. So that certainly helps open things up. Do you think that they'll run the ball more if do you think it's like the running back is the problem or do you just think that they're like. Well, just let Josh Allen like get because I I mean he is getting better every single year. He's getting yeah. more accurate. They brought in these weapons, and so I've, to me, I'm really wondering if it's hey, are these running backs necessarily uh, like? I wonder if they. I'd like to be a fly in the wall, really, mm-hmm. and be like, what do these guys actually think of these running backs? Because we all talk, you yeah. know, obviously on these fantasy shows, we all like who we like in, in the backfield, you know, uh, whether it be for one reason or another. I mean, at this point, we can we don't know who's right or wrong, right? But right. it would be interesting to know what they're saying in these things of like, yo, we actually think Zach Moss is a really good running back, or we really think Singletary is <laughs> a good running back. We just can't run the ball or we just think it's better to give Josh Allen the ball. I don't right. know. It's it's wild to me because I look at some of these games where they should have positive run game script and they still don't run the ball. Right. I'll say the one thing I think Landon brought up is that the when it gets to the goal line. Um, Touchdowns, yeah. Josh Allen is just – so much more effective at the goal line than Moss or Singletary. And like mm-hmm. at 6'6", 250, like how are you going to stop the guy? It, Can't you got to go with the most effective option. And I think Josh Allen is, is proven yeah, Josh to be Allen that. may be the most apt guy to try to make a run at Cam Newton's rushing touchdown record. Like that's mm-hmm. that's active in the NFL right now. So he did a, Cam Newton did a decent job of that this year. Though. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like two a game at some points. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, those points are really interesting on being a fly in the wall. And when you were describing it, I, I saw a lot of similarities between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, which we actually don't really talk about all that often. But we had another somewhat disappointing rookie running back in CEH, who still averaged over four yards per carry. Looking at Zach Moss in a similar light, mm-hmm. they you know still over four yards per carry, but had like 130 something total touches. They had Singletary still taking over work. Same thing with Le'Veon Bell that they brought in. You got a, a quarterback who can chuck the ball like crazy. But then to Travis's point that he mentioned earlier, you've got this amazing franchise generational type quarterback. You need to make sure you have a run game to keep him 
keep him playing yeah. on this one. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm very, very curious to see what they end up doing with the run game. And I think they want to get it going. And if Zach Moss is the answer, convenient. Um, but I think we'll see a lot in year two. It would be really interesting to see what happens to Josh Allen around the goal line to the Buffalo offense if they bring in Najee Harris because I have seen a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of mock drafts have him go to the Bills and like when you bring in a 6'2", 230 pound back who profiles like a little bit more mobile and agile Derrick Henry um, I I think more like a Matt Forte is a better comp but mm-hmm. you bring in sort of a physical back like Najee. Is that going to take some of Josh Allen's um, goal line presence away? Maybe. It Maybe they'll have some, you know, some confidence yeah. in him around the, the goal line. If they spend high draft capital, it absolutely should. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that every team wants to run the football on the goal line. They don't want to get their quarterback hurt. Uh, we saw Kyler get banged up and yep. week. I don't remember. It was like nine or 10. And he, you really saw a dip in his fantasy production when he, he wasn't running. He didn't miss games, but it was just enough to hurt your fantasy team. And every quarterback goes through it, whether, whether it's Russell Wilson or Carson Wentz, that time when they get hurt or when their coaches kind of tell them, stop doing that. You're putting yourself in harm's way. Then they're going to make the disposable running back, uh, put in that situation a lot more. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Kyler Murray, he was the one left off on the rundown. So I want to get through these last three rounds for our listeners before we get too far behind. Kyler Murray closed out the fifth round. Ronald Jones started out the the sixth, followed by James Conner, Miles Gaskin, Deontay Johnson, Debo Samuel, Will Fuller, Brandon Ayuk, Deshaun Watson, and Josh Allen, Kenneth Gainwell, Javante Williams, Devonta Smith, Dak Prescott, and Kyle Pitts are off the board to close the sixth. Devin Singletary kicked off the seventh, followed by Rashad Bateman, Jerry Judy, Rondell Moore, Devontae Parker, Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry, Trevor Lawrence, Tyler Boyd, Chase Edmonds, Chase Claypool, Marquise Brown, Michael Gallup, and T.Y. Hilton to close the seventh. Start the eighth off with A.J. Dillon, followed by Henry Ruggs, Robbie Anderson, Zach Moss, Chubba Hubbard, so fun every time, McCole Hardman, Terrence Marshall, Alexander Madison, Christian Kirk. Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, how one went before the other, I don't know. Oh, it is auto-pick. There we are. J.D. McKissick, Neam Hines, and Le'Veon Bell to close out the eighth round. We're going to 13 rounds. No kickers, no defense, but we do have oh, rookies. Oh, man. No kickers, no defense? Surprise. <laughs> That's why I came. That's why I came. <laughs> um, Austin, actually, I wanted to answer your question about like who I'm kind of fading. And mm-hmm. – um, when I look at the draft board, Sleeper does a great job of laying this color-coded draft board out. So, and I think it's going to be – it's looking it's looking at the tiers. Like a, In the first round, you have Tyreek and DeAndre Hopkins go. I think at their draft capital, I, I would rather just wait and get the Stephon Diggs, Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson, Calvin Ridley in the third round. I don't know when Travis Kelsey's going to fall off a cliff. <laughs> and he's the best by far tight end that we've seen in a long time since Gronk. But I don't know if I'm going to be – I'm just going to maybe dig my heel in and not take Kelsey in the first round because that's what it's going to take to get that positional advantage in fantasy football this year. And I don't know if I'm willing to take that. He's getting up there. He's still with the best quarterback, fantasy quarterback of all time or that, or that we have right now. Not, But I think I would just rather just get a running back, follow the follow the grid, and then – and and follow the draft and and take a, take a wide receiver in the – 
fourth, fifth round and get the value there. I think that's kind of where my draft strategy early on, I know it's March, but that's where I'm going to lean to start uh, I hear that. 2021. Travis Kelsey always, when is he going to fall off? When is that going to happen? And George Kittle, I would, I would I'd rather have George Kittle last year anyways. He's going We've been saying that about Julio too. He fell a long ways in this draft too. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I I don't want to go down that road again with Julio because yeah I just seem to get it wrong every time so I'm not even going to comment but I think he's appropriately priced in this draft. Is Calvin Ridley appropriately being taken ahead of Julio Jones in a lot of drafts? No. Yeah, I think so. That's fully switched. Yeah. 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 What's going to be the most interesting piece I think this year is looking at this draft at the 102. We're going to know right away if Sam Darnold's in the immediate plan or not. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, if they go if they go Panay Sewell, for example, mm-hmm. uh be great protection for him or even Rashawn Slater. I think you know it's going to be like okay, cool. You know, we we've, we've got Sam Darnold, but if if they go, which I think for the record I think is better for the long run. If they come out and grow Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, I think it's going to be can of worms. And the, here's what's difficult that we were talking about earlier in the show, like people that were like really intrigued by or players that were intrigued by, right, going into the next year. And Sam Darnold is a one of those players for me because I have heard repeatedly on multiple podcasts of like insiders um, that have said and have seen Sam Darnold play like in practice and and stuff and say like, yo, this guy can actually be a really solid quarterback. It was Adam Gase. And like, mm-hmm. and we've seen through so many examples. I mean, I can understand if it was like one or two examples of players like going somewhere else and like popping off. But we have seen it through like several players now where like they don't just go to a team and be okay and like, oh, they are a little bit more flat. Like they're really good players that mm-hmm. have really solid seasons. So I am really intrigued to see where Sam Darnold goes, what kind of uh, impact he, he has, because I don't think that we've seen uh, the 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 true potential of Sam Darnold. He's still only 20, like what, 23, 24 years old. He's still really, really young. Yeah. 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 It's uh, I'm really excited to see what happens there. Yeah. It's, if I was um, a Jets fan, I would want them to take an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. I just think like you see what happened with the Bengals this year and like as great as Joe Burrow is or was, um, if you don't have protection, you Mm. can't be effective. Like look, look how long Tom Brady had to facilitate the ball in that Super Bowl or even in that playoff run. I mean, that that line on both sides of the field, offense, defense is so, so impressive. You give Sam Darnold time, I, I bet you he's a lot more effective than what he has been. Mm-hmm. You know, and you take Adam Gase out of the question with with a very questionable scheme and coaching history. Look how many players who have been relevant, been productive outside of the the Adam Gase realm. It's really staggering. The list is is pretty long. Caleb mm-hmm. Balazs had a fun one last year, right? That was oh funny. yeah. Well, I think that's uh, seriously that should be the only case study we need. It was like <laughs> Kalen Balazs went from the worst football player ever. No offense to Kalen Balazs, with all due respect, if you're watching this show, but like on paper, man, you were the worst football player ever <laughs> in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, last year it looked like you deserved to go to the Pro Bowl uh, behind and and you know and L.A. So I I just. 
I am very intrigued by Sam Darnold and what he could potentially Brian bring. Tannehill? Brian yeah, Tannehill. Brian Tannehill. Brian Tannehill escaped. Was fantastic. Kenyon Drake, even though you guys don't believe in Kenyon Drake still. <laughs> Kenyon, well, Kenyon Drake, yeah, sure. I mean, he was relevant almost instantaneously. Devontae yeah. Parker finally Devontae had Parker. a breakout yep. season after four wow. years. Adam Gase moves on. Mm-hmm. It's it initially sounded like a conspiracy legit. theory, and then when you start stitching all of these names together, you're like, oh, wait, Ryan Daniel, yeah, really real. Devontae Parker, yeah, that was really real. <laughs> yeah, man. Was really the galaxy real. brain is starting yeah. to go here. You're yeah. like, wait Maybe a Adam second. Gase really was that bad. What? Well, I just thought it was funny. Max said the nicest thing anybody said about uh, Adam Gase, questionable. Questionable. <laughs> the offense was questionable, yeah. I think it was downright awful. He's, I think it's been, he's the perfect like, coach. He's the perfect coach to bring in to keep your team under two wins, just so you don't slide too far down the <laughs> yeah. draft board. You want to tank but not look like you're tanking? You want to tank wrong? You just bring Adam Gates. Gates. You want to tank with respectability? You want to like see a real intense face? Like yeah. Get him and put Hugh Jackson on the assistant coaching staff. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question for you guys. What's your thoughts? What are your thoughts about uh, organizations giving the quarterback more say when it comes to personnel? Because it's been a hot topic on like NFL Network and that kind of stuff where uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson want more input when it comes to uh, deciding who they draft. Obviously, it didn't go super well with Patrick Mahomes last year picking Clyde Edwards over Jonathan Taylor. But um, I think we we think that Russell and, and Aaron have earned it. Do you guys agree with that? Uh, this is this might you might want to see their Wonderlick scores first. Um, like <laughs> I just like for me, some guys I question a lot of their, you know, your their football IQ. And I'm not saying they they're not capable of understanding the guys that they need next to them playing. But some guys, I mean, I think you need to you need to have a a finger on the pulse of what your quarterback wants and 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 what they you know so that. You need to manage them correctly so they're not in the media blasting you all over the place. But I think at the end of the day, um, it's hard to give them that much leverage because when you start giving the quarterbacks leverage, then everybody's going to want to say something and your entire locker room is then a free-for-all to just say, you know, our GM sucks. We didn't draft the right guys. No, it reminds I think he needs to have a seat at the table. The quarterback does, but it's not the head seat at the table, but I think it's an absolutely advantageous thing to give them a seat at the table just in terms of like a, hey, let's let's hear what everybody here who's invested has to say. Right. Right that came to mind. The first one was, you know, former Chicago Bulls general manager, may he rest in peace, Jerry Crouch, who was making decisions that Michael Jordan really, really didn't like um, in terms of the different guys that they drafted and, and coaching switches up to Phil Jackson and you know, Michael Jordan didn't like it, and all of his stats went down, and then they started winning championships. So yeah. you, you definitely want to bring them in, and I, I, I think the biggest point is to make sure they feel a part of the process. Don't try to pull a fast one. Don't try to have this, like, alpha, macho, toxic, do-what-I-tell-you kind of thing. Like, you're all working together. Everybody here wants to win a game. Like, treat everybody with open, openness and honesty and hear what they have to say because they probably know something you don't. And like, I think know when to listen and not in the case of Aaron Rodgers, I think, you know, yeah, we can let the media kind of stir that story up, but it worked for the Packers because they did it how you do it. When you don't need a quarterback, you draft a quarterback. And then they just said, look, Aaron's our guy. That's how we're going to do it. And if you guys don't like it, you know, we know what we're doing inside the building. Then you look at the Texans, uh, listen to Deshaun Watson. Uh, He wanted certain guys interviewed, interview those guys. Doesn't mean he didn't say hire them. He said, interview them. I mean, how do you yeah. not even interview the guys? So well, I just think that and and 
I mean, there's probably guys that you could hire off Craigslist that would give just as good of advice as what they had been getting. Well, like they had like they interviewed Josh McCown with no head coaching experience. Just was a, a dude. He had coaches uh, 12 but, children, dude, that he's got <laughs> plenty of experience, man. But just didn't like, but declined to interview Eric Bieniemy. You're right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. Just, that was yeah, that was very frustrating. There is some questionable things. Have, yeah, in Houston, I have. Yeah, once again, Mac PC, dude, I love it. <laughs> um, no, I think there's uh, Russell Wilson's a tough one for me to gauge. You know, I don't know how much of the story is true that he stormed out of the office, office, and all that. But I also know that this guy made a lot of mistakes down the stretch last year too. You know, he complains about how he got hit a lot, but he also just threw some terrible picks down the stretch. So. Um, you know, I, I don't know. And sometimes you hear him talk in interviews and you just think he's just a goof meathead sometimes. So I just yeah. don't really know if I trust his, his input all the time. Um, so there's just like some, some well, weird, it, I think case by case. I, I do think, yeah, I think ultimately it, it is case by case, but at the same time, like Russell Wilson has been there for so long. He's, he's an MVP. He's like, I feel like he's earned that. Like, I don't think a quarterback who's maybe a young quarterback um, who, I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson has won enough for Houston to warrant, I think uh, his, his say. Right. But like, and in Russell Wilson's case, like, Let's be honest. He he was just being. He probably he's a very passionate guy. He wants to win, and we you know he thinks he's the best. A lot of us were touting him as the best, saying he you know let Russ cook. He can do all of this stuff. And when you're getting that from so many sides, and then your coach is the one that's like, eh, I don't know, Russ. Like, let's do this direction. It's it's easy to see why Russ got so upset and maybe it was like, you know, like, let me do this. I can do this. Um, I well, can I can. The, the problem, too, is that the ownership of that team got handed down to the daughter and she basically just said, oh, Pete, you can run this team. And Pete, Pete has no uh no factor of 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 uh, Russell Wilson's agenda in his. He doesn't right. care. And right. you've seen that relationship really diametrically oppose itself over the years you know it's like russ kind of used to care about pete and now he's been uh, you know in the media that they've had some opposite opposing opinions and pete really doesn't care pete's going to run the team the way pete wants to run it and And he's done that consistently blown the team up after you know guys were close with other guys on that team and he's consistently blown it up and done it that way but it's like a lot of the you know talking heads have said like i would fire Pete Carroll before I'd get rid of Russell Wilson. And I agree with that. Pete doesn't do anything himself other than motivate the men. And I'm not trying to dog Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll's a great coach, but at this point he does not do anything specific that you cannot replace. Replace, Um, And I think that at this point, Russell Wilson does things on that football field that cannot be replaced by nearly anybody in the league right now. And so uh, I, I am going to side with Russell Wilson as far as the marriage is concerned, um, every day. And I'm going to make sure I've liked and subscribed after those fiery takes to catch all of those nuggets coming your way all of the time. That's a little bit of a joke plug. I didn't want to cut you off there, Mac. Uh, <laughs> plug away. I was just going to say, yeah, like to Trav, it's it's Pete Carroll running the show, and, and I agree. And and you look, you look at almost every situation where it's been notable head coach and – Superstar player, the player has won time and time again. 
you know, classic one this year. Bill Philadelphia. Belichick, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. Who won? Yeah. That's a great point. Tom Brady. We can, we can probably keep that keep that train of thought going too, right? Like um, thinking of, of Cleveland just now with Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens, and then they get the coach of the year that comes in the next year. It's mm-hmm. it's it's and and I think I think the earlier question that Landon had there was a really good one of how should you you know how much how much weight should you give your quarterback's voice? The panel kind of, I think, echoed it appropriately in that it's a case-by-case basis. And if your quarterback is the most aware person in the office, like you've got the wrong front office. Like you need to have a coach who can see past it. If your coach is all X's and O's and they're so focused on and they can't see yeah. any of the interpersonal dynamics, like get a new coach. Like make That's that guy here's, here's another one too. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl together. Who won? Aaron Rodgers or Mike McCarthy? Right. What's Mike McCarthy doing now? As a head coach. He's he's leading a a yeah the Cowboys a, a sub five hundred Cowboys yeah. team with Hanging all the talent in the world. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers MVP this year with a twenty six and six. Yeah, twenty six and six since McCarthy's gone. The the star will win over the coach every single time. Right, they probably should. I liked that point, Austin. It's like, why are we looking at the player when the almost as if the company or or the the team is taken by surprise that their player feels this way. That, that yeah. should never happen that you yeah. would be taken by surprise that your marquee player feels that way. If you are smart enough to be in touch with your marquee player. What's the, what's the, what's the second word in general manager, manager, manager. like we've all worked in a place. We've all know what it's like to be a manager. And I feel like sometimes these management roles, they, they almost get too large an ego for themselves and they don't do some of the basic work of like talking to people that you work with. And they probably use the word work for more oftentimes. It's like you work with these people. You're all trying to win. Every single one of you cares a lot and you're all really good at what you do. That's why you're a professional at it, whether you're a coach or a player. And to just work with these people, I love that, Travis. Like if you're if you're being caught off guard by JJ Watts' comments or DeAndre Hopkins, you know, dissatisfaction or Russell Wilson's demeanor, like you're you out of touch. Out yeah. of touch. Something's wrong with the culture there. Something's going I, on. I got a question for Lando. How do you oh. feel about stealing Hunter Henry from me, man? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> me I'm too. not happy about that, dude. Jerk. Yeah, I feel good about it. I uh, <laughs> I was surprised he was still available on the board. Uh, I'm a late round tight end guy through and through. Yeah. So I uh, because I'm going late, I went double back to back with Dallas Goddard. I like his upside for the season as well without Zach Ertz. Um, but uh, it's it's. It's slim pickings over here on the on the draft board. It's a tough league here with fourteen players. Yeah. Um, I think Travi and I were both sitting there going, "Okay, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, like I'll snag one of those and we'll be all right." Yeah. And then it was boom, boom. Absolutely. Then I'm like, "Okay, well, I gotta wait now." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. It sucked. Uh, I, I got a question for you guys. Um, for anybody who is trying to get like that, you know, this year's rookie sleeper. You guys have any any takes? Anybody you're you're, you're pegging as your guy? Uh, Javante Williams, I like a lot. Um, yeah, we've been touting him a lot. We, we yeah, I saw you guys did that breakout video. I'm gonna have to watch that. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. But me and Johnny spent a couple hours uh, a couple weeks ago watching film on the rookie running backs, mm-hmm. 
and you know we were doing this screen share thing kind of watching the film together which was a lot of fun and Javante Williams man we were calling him Kamara Light the way he just bounced off of tackles uh he just like uh, he I never saw him get taken down on the first tackle once yeah. um and I just think that is such an an elite skill that translates so well to the NFL when mm-hmm. you can break tackles um so I'm really excited about his prospects especially if he can land somewhere like in Atlanta or San Francisco or somewhere where we know the scheme will fit him very well uh, and get him opportunities to make plays. So uh, a nugget to share from that, that video, um, he set a NCAA record at 0.8 or 0.48 broken tackles per rush. So basically a broken (laughs) tackle every other, every other rush. And uh, he was also like 4.7 yards after contact, which is second best in the uh, NCAA. So yeah, the dude can shed some tackles. Yeah. Could you, could you imagine if the backers, like the, the drama that they would stir up if they, if they drafted him uh, in the first to go with, to go with uh, <laughs> JJ, JJ Dillon. Dillon. Yikes. Oh my goodness. Which would be a great combo, by the way, that would be a very nice of apologizing combo. for the Packers GM. So <laughs> can we not have that happen, please? Yeah. Like I don't want to get in Strav, another. Strav, I've already, I've already accepted that we're going like Jalen Mayfield. If he's, if he's there, you know? Yeah, I don't, I'm just, I, like, I don't even know that player. Who is that? Come on. Like man, a quarterback. Dude. No, he's not. <laughs> Brutal. Um, anybody else? Any like? I know, think I guys? do think I think Chubb Hubbard is is interesting depending on where he goes. Um, I've I've seen a couple of his games in college, uh, and I and I did think he was a pretty solid running back. Do I think he has some holes? I do, um, but I think that he could be a potential guy depending on where he goes. That could be one of these like second half of. Um, you know, second half guys who really comes in to help you give that final push uh, in the running due to injury or just due to it, the team being like, all right, we're going to give this guy more opportunities. I just right. think that he has the talent and depending on where he goes and the, and the fit, like if he goes to Arizona to pair with Chase Edmonds, I think that you could definitely see something like that for sure. He was like a, you know, the perfect candidate to, to come out in his uh, sophomore year, mm-hmm. you know, but um, you just can't. <laughs> and uh, and so he, he came back and a little bit of injury, a little bit of lack of production. But he went from a, you know, 300 plus touch season, 2000 yards to really not much. And his draft stock has, has sadly plummeted. Yeah. Um, but the, ta- the talent is certainly there uh, for him. Absolutely. I was going to ask you. And a uh, Canadian to, to, to boot. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yes. interesting. To boot. Um, Boot. boot, yeah. So puts him <laughs> up uh, extra tier and uh, max size. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Here's my question to you guys because this is something that I've kind of been going back and forth with when evaluating these guys. How much weight do you guys put in this past season due to COVID, due to you know the schedules and the postponements and the cancellations and all of that? How much weight do you put into the the numbers that you got from the players this year? Good and bad, right? Uh, I like to look at early breakout age uh, when I'm evaluating prospects. And I want to see them at least command some kind of opportunity in their, I mean, at least in their sophomore season. Mm-hmm. So most of these, I'm, I'm taking this year with somewhat with a grain of salt. And I know once some players did play like Terrace Marshall, he had a great 700 yards and they just opted out. He's like, I'm good. I'm done. I did mm-hmm. what I need to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to look into the 
the numbers that much. Uh, the film is still going to be there. Uh, yeah. That's why I'm still a big fan of Jamar Chase, even though he opted out of the season. I still, uh, I'm going to put my 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 heel in the in the dirt again, and uh, I'm not going to take what Devontae Smith did this year and put him over Jamar Chase. Uh, I want to see someone produce early and often and early in their career. And if you're coming out as a senior and you really balled out this year, I'm not really going to uh, to give that much weight when I'm doing my prospect analysis. I think the uh, I think the danger too is that you take some of these guys that played in conferences that only played six to eight games and you you extrapolate. That is is very dangerous um, because we know that that that's not reliable. You, you can't extrapolate and go at the end of the year. This is where they would have been. And and in the box, the box uh, score doesn't tell the whole story either. Like we've seen with many fantasy players, you know, you got to break it down. Um, the one thing I'll say about Devonte Smith is the question I have about him, and I know his name comes up uh, again and again. Is did Devonte Smith become a better football player this year, or did he exploit? an opportunity, you know, a season primarily without Jalen Waddle beating up on lesser um, competition, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Did Devontae Smith become better? And, and I think the way I put it is if you didn't have, if you didn't have Devontae Smith ahead of Jamar Chase after the 2019 season, he shouldn't be ahead of him in your rookie rankings this year. You know, was Devontae Smith the best Alabama wide receiver out of Henry Ruggs and, and uh, Jerry Judy? Yeah, numerically he was. He was ahead. Um, if Devontae Smith came out last year in that wide receiver class, where would he have been drafted? I think that's a, a really good question with him. And, and so his his Heisman season is great. But if you look at the splits with him and Jalen Waddle of those first four games, Jalen Waddle arguably outpaced him. And so I think you have to take some of it with a with a grain of salt. But uh, extrapolation is is I think the the part where you can get um, caught up in, in some stuff. And I'll go back to film over you know the stats. So to kind of piggyback off of that and to add one, right? You talked about the rookies and uh, the their seasons and what you expect, right? And mm-hmm. What do you what do you think are some rookies or second year wide receivers? that were rookies last year that may have either popped off and you think they're going to continue that and they're, they're definitely worth, you know, drafting or, or even like a sleeper. Do you guys have like a sleeper wide receiver that's a second year that's going later in drafts and that you like going into this year? I just drafted him, yeah. Denzel Mims. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he showed a lot of flashes last year. Talk about someone, you know, with the Sam Darnold situation and what we talked about earlier. I think that Denzel Mims is kind of caught in this like kind of in-between phase right now. I think his value is pretty low as well. Um, And I think he's very, very interesting. I I like Jalen Rager as well. And Travi took him in the ninth round. I think Jalen Rager has got disrespected. And it happens when you get taken right before – a superstar like Justin Jefferson. It sucks, mm. man. Like it's tough. But he had to he dealt with injury. I don't think he had a chance to really break out this season. And I don't think and I also agree that he might not be that number one guy anymore. And but that's okay. We don't always need yeah. a number one right. on our team. Like you don't need a DK Metcalf all the time that well, he does. projects to be the wide receiver that doesn't need number one volume either. Like he's he right. he has yeah. big play all over him. Like yeah. He, 
and they, they didn't use them that way at all. Like they didn't get them down the field at all. Like Carson, the line was obviously an issue. Carson Wentz was an issue. There's a lot of pieces there. And I just think Rager's uh, outlook for next year is, is pretty rosy. They're going to get rid of yeah. Jeffrey. They're getting rid of Deshaun Jackson. He should get into monster volume. And I think on that same note, um, a guy like Henry Ruggs is a guy I want to take shares of late in draft too, because I think they're going to do similar things in trying to get Ruggs involved this year um, that they're going to do with Rieger and Mims. The one thing that was so um, enticing about Jalen Rager was his super young breakout age. His college production was fantastic. The only knock on him was that um, he didn't really have any teammates of note like you you know there's one stat or not stat one metric that a lot of these guys use is um uh oh what's it called landon teammate score teammate score uh you know you 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 look at a guy like henry ruggs who we have to take his production and kind of boost it a little bit because he's working alongside devonta smith and henry ruggs he's working in a backfield with you know running back ones um you take that with a grain of salt where Jalen Rager had a fantastic season at TCU, but who was he playing alongside? <laughs> and so that was the only knock really on, on Jalen Rager other than his, his frame too. He's a little bit of a, of, of a smaller dude, but mm. you're right in terms of dynamic dynamicism. I think that's how you say it. You get the ball in his hands. They manufacture plays for him. His dynamic score is through the roof. Um, much like a Brian Edwards, who's, mm. you know, got that same dynamic rating. So, yeah, I'm I'm on the Jalen Rager side too. I, I think he's a guy that is super disrespected, um, really really low. I I can't I can't sell him to anybody in Dynasty, and so I'm happy to hold. Uh, but I do think like you know Jalen Hurts, he gets the nod. They add maybe they added Devonte Smith, and now he's got a compliment. Sean Jackson's out. Who knows what they do with Alshon Jeffrey? He's got a big contract. Like there's a lot of of pieces at play there. But I think Jalen Rager could be super super um, solid. They did, and they did just let my boy Alshon go. Oh, they did. Yeah, the Eagles did. Yeah, I saw they let go of Deshaun. I did not see the Jeffrey one though. Yeah, they let go. It makes Uh, sense. His dead cap is is pretty substantial. That was a really interesting point that you had there on the teammate score. So, because I had heard a stat, and it was brought up by Colin Coward years ago, Mm -hmm. and I haven't seen it followed up. But he talked about quarterbacks, and actually, the majority of successful NFL quarterbacks don't come from these big schools. They come from these smaller universities where they have weaker lines, weaker wide receivers. You know, you don't come from a USC where both Mm -hmm. of your wide receivers are going to be taken in the first round. Um, So you don't have, you got to be a little bit more precise. If that was true with quarterbacks and, and I haven't, that had that updated in the last five years, but I don't think there's a ton of reasons that shifted. Are you saying that on the, it's kind of on the other side, like if you are a wide receiver or a running back and you're playing though on the big schools, that's actually more of an impressive feat because then you're going up against those number one corners, those number one defensive linemen. Am I picking that up? Right. It's a, it's basically commanding targets to when you're opposed, when you're wide receiver on the other side of the field of you on your same team is also commanding targets. So Mm -hmm. like getting a, like how, uh, Jamar Chase did that with Justin Jefferson and the, or the other way around, how both these guys command targets. Right. Terrace Marshall coming out as a freshman, commanding targets early on with phenomenal teammates. That's what we like to see. We want to see guys get targets and, and, uh, and get receptions with a good competition. It, it's easy when there's one really good player. And in these small smaller conferences, 
they're playing against future accountants and business people. And like, they're not necessarily playing in the, in a, in the, in the league conference. Right. Yeah, good points. Pick up on those. Uh, speaking of, uh, another, the other wide receiver, I was, I, I do think, I mean, rugs is interesting to me, but I do. Brian Edwards is the guy that I would go with. Right. Um, I think that, a lot of people forget his name, yeah. but his talent, the talent that this guy had coming out of college was, uh, you know, they were they were touting him as top five talent wise uh, coming out of college last year. So I think that, you know, you saw him coming back from the foot injury and then he also got injured uh, through. He had like a groin injury, I believe, or something else and, and some other injuries. But. I do think that if you look at his body of work, how he's built, he's very much built like an Anquan Bolden, a Debo Samuel type of player. Mm-hmm. And I do think it bodes really well with, with rugs, with what they're trying to do with both those players. So I, I am very intrigued by what the Oakland Raiders do uh, this next year with their wide receivers. But both of those guys, Brian Edwards and Ruggs, I'm very intrigued by. Um, the breakout finder, I don't know if you guys have used that sure. Um at all but it, in terms of breakout rating in this 2020 class he was brian edwards was the third in terms of breakout rating um behind mm-hmm. cd lamb and lavisca chenault ahead of t higgins justin jefferson jalen ragger jerry judy brandon Ayuk, michael Pittman. Yeah. notable notable names yeah mm-hmm. fantastic he's, he's uh and the major reason why he fell in drafts was because he wasn't able to practice or go to the combine because of the foot injury so right um it, it will be interesting to see with a full, you know, rookie camp with a lot of these players, right? That's why I think a lot of these second Landon, year... you guy, man. <laughs> he took the guy uh, I was going to take. I think a, a lot of these second year players that maybe they didn't get the full chance that they normally would have gotten in their first year, we might see, you know... Uh, we saw a lot of these rookie wide receivers break out, but not all of them did. Right. And I'm curious... And I'm also intrigued, and I think that we could see a few more of them, like LaVisca Chanel. I'm glad you brought him up. I love LaVisca Chanel and yeah. his talent. So he's another guy that I think that people are sleeping on. You're going to be able to get him in the 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th round, and he could end up being you know, a very solid piece for you. Well, and he's a guy that kind of fits the Urban Meyer scheme very, very well. Mm-hmm. So I think coming in, he'll be very creative with what they do with LaVisca Chenault. But yeah, he, I mean, he possesses a ton of, uh, of versatility and upside. Yeah. I love how much airtime the Jaguars have picked up on this episode. We kind of started <laughs> off in a big one and brought it back. I'm not even hating on it It's because Max is a huge fan of the Jags, he dude. Just love, <laughs> just love them. So Whisper Nation, if you're listening in, I'm not going to read back the last four rounds, um, but I do want to prep you up. We're coming to the end of our mock draft here. Just a handful of picks left after we are done. We're going to go to our notorious draft grades where we will first read through our teams. Myself, Landon's back, Big Travis, and Johnny Game Time Hicks' teams. Give you a little bit of uh, behind the scenes on why we pick those players. And then we'll go ahead and each one of us will break down another team that drafted alongside of us here and give a quick A through F ranking. And if anybody has a strong contrasting opinion, we'll offer that up so we can make sure that we give a take on everybody's squad. So Whisper Nation, if you are still hanging in there with us, stick it all the way through. We're going to be touching in on these. Um, and if you've got any questions, be sure to shout us out in the chat. We will try to get to all of them. We're coming to an end here. 
I, uh, I made a, a face at Landon there. Um, he took the guy that I was going to take and we just had, um, Garrett, um, Garrett price on from the dynasty nerds on oh, our show. Nice. And, uh, he was that. great, man. Super humble guy, really genuine, but also knows his stuff. And he, you know, we asked, yeah, I think Landon asked him the question, like, who is this year's kind of Antonio Gibson guy that kind of comes out of nowhere. And he's like, look, Kylan Hill, Mississippi state runner should have probably declared last year on a 1350 yard rushing season, decided to come back, you know, didn't do much, but I mean, he only played, I think three games and then, um, um, opted out. But the guy had some really, really solid SEC production. And he's like, he's a guy that you can scoop late in a lot of drafts that might have some upside. So that is from that is not me. That's from from Garrett Price at Dynasty Nerd too. I mean, this guy is is a dynasty nerd. Yeah. <laughs> like these guys play Debbie fantasy football. They draft guys when they're freshmen coming uh, out of high school, like into college. And and like these guys are in it for the long haul. So that's one thing to just kind of pass on to anybody who's st- uh, sticking around here. And before we start jumping into the draft grades, as we just finished this up, I got to ask you, Mac and Landon, what hurts more, getting sniped in the ninth round or the last round? <laughs> the ninth. <laughs> the ninth. 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 The I don't ninth. know, man. But I get my when I'm on a, when I've got a, a relevant player that I'm like, but maybe I'm really excited about this one dollar <laughs> scratcher, and then that one gets picked right before. I'm just like, I should have taken that guy in the seventh. He's gonna be going <laughs> off. Did Antonio Brown get drafted? Oh, I think. He oh, won. I don't think he did. That's good. That was like last year's number one. Oh, I know. I'm going to be sneaky. The mock draft marathon. We probably got, he got drafted every last round, I think in that. Yeah. 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 Didn't really pan out. You would have been better off with Scotty Miller. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, here we are. We've gotten to the end now, 13 rounds up, 13 rounds down. Whisper Nation. It's been awesome drafting alongside of us with you here. Before we do jump into the grades, like and subscribe so you know next week ahead of time that the mock draft Monday is coming your way. Be sure to follow on Twitter as well. That's where we drop the link to our sleeper room so you can jump in here and live draft along with us um, and catch that weekend and week out. But great draft, guys. This is, yeah, that was uh, fun. This was awesome. yeah, a lot of fun. Fun stuff here. Um, well, um, I'm happy to, to start it off unless anybody wants to jump in. Take- Start us off. Tell you, brother. All right. I was picking 14th in a 14-person draft and typically like to go with these, you know, every down type of running backs, guys who have a chance of being in the top 10. I just didn't love what I was looking at. Talked about James Robinson. Wasn't going to be a me on this one. Did think about it, though, but went with DK Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins. Kind of fun upside wide receivers who I think could both be in the top five and are probably more likely to be than not be even if there's Russell Wilson considerations. Um, so after that, I did want to grab some running backs who had at least a chance of getting goal line work, um, the majority of the touches on early downs. Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette were the two that were available. I know we've got a lot of question marks in Tampa Bay, what's going to go on, but I think he did well in the Super Bowl. I think there's a chance that him and Tom Brady could link up, and 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 that could be something prosperous. It's, it's an end-of-the-fourth-round type of deal or a fourth-round type of deal, um, but I'm taking that dice roll on him becoming something both his talent and opportunity could make some fantasy magic come together. Kyler Murray in the fifth upside quarterback there who did flirt with number one position a, a little bit here and there last season. And Ronald Jones, uh, I like him where he could be in Tampa Bay. If he did move on, it's an opportunity there as well. I'm really just trying to hedge my bet there and make sure I got Tampa Bay 
It's backfield coverage is why I grabbed Keyshawn Bond down there in the 11th. Um, T.Y. Hilton and Jamison Crowder, my two other wide receivers. A.J. Dillon just taking a gamble on Aaron Jones not actually being there and A.J. Dillon being the lead back over Jamal Williams if he's also if he's still in uh, Green Bay. Uh, Mike Gusecki just as an upside tight end stab. Max said it well. He likes to go late on tight ends. Always a good strategy. Paired him up with Jonah Smith. I think one of those guys will have a good year. Um, and then Baker Mayfield just as a backup quarterback. I think that the we saw him at the end of the year show what he could do from a fantasy football perspective. Not banking on it, but I like him as my backup there as the last pick in the draft. That's crazy that Baker went last pick in a 14-team league. Yeah. It's it is kind of crazy. I was going <laughs> to – the one thing I'll start off with, Austin, I, it's a good thing you're a good host because I don't know about this team. Oh! <laughs> oh, 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 I kind of like it. Orlando just with the <laughs> – hey, hey, this is – hey, Austin, you should have pitched Lando some more questions. I think that's yeah. what we're getting at here. Yeah, I think that, Lando, no. man, he's like – he's a PO'd on that mic time, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I really liked your AJ Dillon pick Austin. Um, and, uh, I mean, taking a shot at those wide receivers in the first round, first and second round, you got to do you, I did have my own Keyshawn Vaughn late as well. So you kind of snagged him, uh, when I was thinking about it in the, at the, in the back of the, the start of the 11th round. So, um, yeah, that's, or back to the 11th, but yeah, that's i uh, I'm just kidding with you. It's, it's not a bad team. I don't know about Melvin. I'm, I'm going team youth on, on, on my strategy. No, I feel you on that one. I'm not. I'm not in love with this one, but I, I can stand behind it. I can stand behind it. But look, there's. I think there's I like some it. upside though. Like you know, Melvin Gordon still projects to be locked and loaded as the number one. And, and can that offense really get any worse? Like probably not. I thought yeah, actually might have. I think Melvin's better, better than people think. I, I agree. Uh, look, yeah, I agree. like people need to and, like, quit sleeping on Melvin so much. I, I think. agree. Phil Blinsey is probably out. Phil Blinsey is probably out. They're probably not right. bringing him back. So. Right. Because well, he's, he's typically out and, free agent. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's typically out anyways because he's usually in. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like if Fournette moves on, there's a, a huge opportunity for him there. Uh, Ronald Jones, then that opens up for him. So you could kind of do a little two for one there. Yeah. Um, and and AJ Dillon, like, what if Aaron Jones doesn't come back? Yeah, it's I wheels like this up. team. I, I like, like this team. team. It's not bad. I don't know what Lando's <laughs> singing on this team. He just got I, in, like man. This team. I think Lando just had an opportunity for a good joke, so he went with yeah. it, and I appreciate that. I like comedy, <laughs> so I'm all right with that. Much like how you guys have to rein Johnny in sometimes, I really got to do the same with Lando. <laughs> <laughs> These two guys at the top of the screen are just wild cards, man. You, you never know. Get them on a show with them together. It's called Wild Cards. Oh, yeah. Well, then I think it's only fair that Lando breaks down his team next and and talks about his team. My team. All right. So, yeah, like I said, I went team youth except for my quarterback with Raji, but I couldn't really pass up that eighth-round value for Rodgers. I went Barkley, Akers, Godwin, DJ Moore. Beckham was – I struggled over that Beckham pick. I don't love it. You know, we've all all written off Beckham in one year or another, and I don't know if I'm going to do it again this year. Uh, We've been doing – I got to do a little plug, and and Travi mentioned that we've been doing our uh, rookie profiles every single Monday – 
We just did Javante Williams this past week. Uh, they're really quick, like 10-minute videos. So if you guys have a short attention span, which everyone does, check that at Snap Fantasy. Uh, Rondell uh, Moore is a guy that I think we're going to look into next week. I really like his profile. Yep. And then I sniped you guys on Hunter Henry, Dallas Goddard. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I like Dallas Goddard as well with Zacherts leaving. Trey Sermon looked really good um, in the in those uh, playoffs. And then went just rookies again. I'm Ross St. Brown and Kylan Hill just upside late. I'm going youth. I'm going to stick to youth this year. Uh, I'm not going to try to draft anyone old. I guess that's kind of my strategy so far. You know, this isn't a keeper league though, right, Lindo? I don't care. This <laughs> is a young man's sport. I'm it's going a, under 26 years old. That's all I'm drafting. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, I I think if you're going to critique maybe your soft spot, it's it's probably Odell Beckham Jr. Like, when was Odell's last even wide receiver two season like it's been a while um since his real fantasy relevance we're 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 hanging on to the name value there i think just a little bit um you know maybe pivoting with juju or or Cortland sutton might have been better but you know to each other own i don't think you're wrong for for doing got more upside than those two guys i would argue he's definitely got a ceiling that you could argue is like okay and as my third wide receiver i'm like i I might as well swing a little bit here on obj totally Uh, totally uh, yeah, absolutely. He's going to come back and, and command that workload. Does it make Baker better? Maybe not. I mean, at times we've seen him force feed, and it is what it is. But you didn't draft Baker, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I think great great value on Rodgers. He probably continues to be very efficient and very effective for fantasy. And, yeah, the Hunter Henry Dallas Goddard I thought were really good picks. Kind of right at that uh, nine nine six spot, I thought to myself, okay, I'll grab Hunter Henry or, or Evan Ingram or Noah Fant or Dallas Goddard. And, you know, both of them went ahead of me and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll pivot. Hmm. And so, yeah, that was a nice pick because I think Travis and I were both eyeing him up there. Yeah. Lando, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind this team. I like, the, like, I yeah, think good they're team. good players. Um, but I don't think you're making the playoffs, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, because, and here's why I'll say, I like the players. Like I said, I just think with, this many rookies uh, and like Saquon is going to probably take some time to get back. Um, and then OBJ, obviously same thing coming off injury. I just think it would be a little bit difficult to, to get this team uh, in position to make a playoff. Run. It might be, than you yeah. Want. Yeah. But right. I mean, come second half of the season, this team could look very, very sharp. It would just depend on landing positions of these running backs and stuff like that. Looking back, I kind of do prefer the max picks of Juju and Brandon Cook, so I want to contend early. Uh, those guys, I think, would give me a better chance early, and you're not wrong there. Yeah, pretty good. All right, uh, Mac, you want to break Speaking down? Here? Sure, 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 sure. Um, okay, so started off, you know, kind of how I wanted to. I, I was kind of hoping Jonathan Taylor fell to me at at the one. Uh, one six, but um, Nick Chubb is. Oh is darn! A, you had to have Nick Chubb. Yeah, had to have Nick Chubb. So, uh, yeah, Chubb Dobbins, I think, is a good combo. Uh, I think between Dobbins and Miles Sanders, really, like, again, it's a toss up. Like the same way we have a lot of selection from one one to one seven, I think you can stay the same from two nine to two fourteen. So any combination of those two backs is is good, and that's kind of how I like to start drafts. Um, Maybe looking back, I would have liked to grab David Montgomery at the 3-6 instead of Allen Robinson. I just think looking at this team, I am certainly soft at running back. Now, it, it is only a two running back start. 
Um, you, you know, you can start three wide receivers and flex one. I'd like to have four to five running backs, but it's just not the way it fell. So if I could change anything, I would grab David Montgomery instead of Allen Robinson. But A-Rob is, is a fantastic wide receiver and has been, you know, a wide receiver one with Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, uh, you name it. He, he's had a terrible list of uh, Blake Bortles in, in Jacksonville. He's had a bad list of quarterbacks. So if he can go somewhere this off season and uh, get himself a better uh, signal caller, I think he'll be much better off. Jamar Chase is, a, is an upside play. Um, Juju is fine. I like Josh Allen. The value there was good. Cooks yeah. and Kirk. Uh, I think Christian Kirk could have a, a little bit of a coming out party this year. I'm really banking on that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think getting Johnny's perspective on that is probably the, the best, seeing as he's the hometown guy. Um, but Christian Kirk, like one of the most dynamic wide receivers to come out uh, in his class, just hasn't really panned out. Michael Carter's a dart throw, um, really good compliment to Javante Williams and equally as productive in his time at UNC. Noah Fant was the last of the tight ends. Denzel Mims, uh, I think, could have a really good year. Brevin Jordan, dart throw, and Darius Slayton. Who knows what happens in, in New York? So I don't mind the team. I, th- I think it's, I think it's a decent team. Um, but I would have liked to have maybe David Montgomery. Yeah, quit looking at David Montgomery, dude. He's on my team. You're not allowed <laughs> to talk or look at him ever. No. Just work out his trade. We can make trades, baby. Yeah. You you're talking about running backs being soft here. Just the depth. I thought your two starting running backs were fantastic. Yeah. And I thought the Josh Allen pick really solidified. This team, if you're going to be weak at running back, you want to swing with that positional advantage. And, right. and I think Josh Allen's the guy to kind of do it. So mm-hmm. I thought you made up pretty well uh, for, for that depth. Yeah, thanks. Um, I, I was going to go like Javante Williams there instead. And I just thought kind of to your point, like Josh Allen is the the potential cheat code that could that could right. make up for that that loss. Um, so, yeah, I, kind of the same lines of thinking as you there. I think it's just, just like a, a solid squad where all like uh, picks what. One through six are like it's you know yeah you could maybe taken David Montgomery over Allen Robinson but there wasn't a bad pick here there wasn't a mm-hmm. reach here it's all like solid picks and then nine through thirteen I thought they were really clever picks mm-hmm. um, so it's almost like taking what the field gives you in the beginning but then demonstrating a little bit uh, further insight through these later on picks combining up the you know Noah Fant as good as a dart dart throw as any of them at the mm-hmm. tight end position. Um, with an incoming rookie, Enzo Mims slept on wide receiver who could have a phenomenal year this year in an Adam Gaseless jet situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Slayton, again, it could be the starting, it could be the number one dog uh, for for a team that's on the up. So I, I just thought there was, I don't know, I don't oftentimes get to shout out the end of a draft. And <laughs> the beginning was good and the end was, I just thought it was clever. Thank you, sir. What do you think about Christian Kirk, Johnny? I, I do like the Christian Kirk pick. I do think that Christian Kirk could be one of those guys that's like a second-year sleeper kind of pick. Like we were just a, a one season too early on him, right. and so he could fall in a lot of drafts, and then you can therefore get uh, end up getting value on Christian Kirk. It'll be interesting to see if we draft another wide receiver. Right. But a couple of things I do like about it – Christian Kirk had six touchdowns last season that doubled any uh, amount of touchdowns he had in any previous season. His uh, previous high was three, three. And so you already saw uh, that touchdown connection kind of figure its way out a little bit. And I think that that can grow. And then you're talking about target market share um, being a little bit more comfortable with Christian Kirk. But the thing that I like the most is this is Christian Kirk's uh, contract year. So if he doesn't get it this year, um, 
chances are he's probably not going to make in the NFL. So I always like to go with those contract years. Uh, I do think that uh, Christian Kirk in the eighth round is, is really, really nice, especially in a 14 team. Yeah. I think that they'll find ways to get him the ball. I'm looking forward to Christian Kirk this year. The yeah. one, the only problem I have at the whole draft, and this is the only question I have for you, Mac. All yeah. right. Yep. Jamar Chase. Yep. I agree with, I agree with Johnny. That was a, a lamb. Who do you have between the two? If you were, if, because you said Jamar Chase, let's say Jamar Chase comes out last year. Who do you have as the number one wide receiver? Jamar Chase or CeeDee Lamb? Oh, it's, it's certainly close. Um, I, it'd be hard not to take Jamar Chase there though. Blitnikoff winner, um, you know, on a, on a historically good offense. I mean, the, the dude ball. Okay. So you, you, uh, but, you were splitting hairs, though. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. The only issue is that um, C.D. Lamb last year, I think right now the hype around rookies is probably at the all-time high because we mm-hmm. don't know where they're going to go. There's all mm-hmm. that. C.D. Lamb, who is probably one of the best wide receiver, uh, you know, touted as one of the wide receivers coming out of college in a long time, um, we weren't drafting him until like the seventh or eighth round. And even then we were like, Oh, is that a little high? Mm-hmm. I think we're getting a little too high on, on some of these. It's not just you. I don't, I mean, if, if people like their rookies, people like their rookies, it is what it is. It just, mm-hmm. for me, I, I feel like the boat is just a little bit um, too far ahead right now on some of these rookies. I don't know if I would go into the fourth round for Jamar chase, but I really like what you did with this, this team. And overall, I actually don't mind the move when you look at your other wide receivers and things that you did there, Mm -hmm. because you give that dart throw, right? Like you, you like Jamar chase. And this is something that I think a lot of people don't talk about when they're talking about building your team. If you really like a guy and Mac really likes Jamar chase and really believes that he could be that guy, that's perfectly fine. But also Ben, like work around that as well. So that if it doesn't work out, then you're fine. And he did that by grabbing Juju, Brandon cooks and Christian Kirk, three guys that have the ability to take a step up and be that number two fill in if he needs, if Jamar Chase is slow or doesn't be, doesn't pan out the way he is. So kudos on that regard for it's for a, that way. it's a great criticism, no doubt. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's very high for Jamar Chase at the end of the day, he's going to be one of my guys and mm-hmm. given a, given a real draft, you know, I probably do pivot uh, off like what happens in the next two weeks if if Deshaun Watson signs with the Carolina Panthers I mean DJ Moore is going to be so yeah. attractive right right you know and, and he's already pretty attractive he's but. already pretty darn attractive <laughs> you know um hey but but I also think like you know Jalen Waddle at the end of this round is even more ridiculous than than Jamar Chase um, mm. especially when you got like a guy like DJ Chark who at 6'4", 210 pounds uh, with 4'3 speed, you, you pair him with a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who knows what that season could look like. So, you know, DJ DJ Chark would have been a guy could have probably went with over or or DJ Moore. But, you mm. know, I went to get my guy and get your guy. You would mix, we mix say, with these other guys. Reach, reach, for, your guy. reach for your guy. <laughs> yeah, mixed with these other guys. It's not as, mm. as a, a, you know, but if he was my wide receiver one, like had I gone David Montgomery and then Jamar Chase, that's yeah. where you get into trouble. I think. Yeah, Johnny, exactly. Yeah. Johnny, who did you reach for in your draft? Okay. Um, well, <laughs> my whole, my whole draft here is probably reached to be honest. No, uh, <laughs> no, I just went with the ebbs and flows here. I honestly, I didn't have an attack plan here coming. I just wanted to see 
where guys would fall. So Zeke ended up falling to me, and I was just kind of taking advantage of guys that were falling at this position at the 10 spot. So I got Zeke in the first, Austin Eckler in the second, which I actually really like Austin Eckler. But I do I do think that there's like this really interesting phase in these second-round running backs, especially in this early. It just seems to be like pick-your-favorite kind of guy. I don't necessarily think I have a favorite yet, um, and I'm just trying out different things. So I went with Austin Eckler this time. Mike Evans in the third I thought was an absolute steal. This guy has never had under 1,000 yards receiving uh, in a season. Take him gladly in the third. Darren Waller in the fourth. I've been more and more going along these like picking these elite tight ends and giving myself an option later on to either grab another tight end or just to see how it pans out on the positional advantage. Um, I don't know if I'm 100% sold on it. I just like seeing what could be because I generally I'm like Landon who I'm like let me wait on tight ends I'll take my dart throws and I'm good with that but I just like panning out and trying different things so that's where I went uh Russell Wilson in the fifth Debo in the sixth was uh frustrating for me because I did not see Brandon Ayuk was available and I would have definitely taken Brandon Ayuk over Debo um but I originally thought it was a pretty good steal when I thought Brandon Ayuk was off the board but um and then Chase Edmonds like I said I just expect uh Kenyon Drake to be gone I don't think the Cardinals will resign him no uh Chubba Hubbard um we'll see where he goes Cole Beasley in the 10th I think that this guy we we don't talk about enough. I I don't know. I I didn't necessarily. Yeah, exactly right. And PPR, you like it. Uh, Darnell Mooney, Corey Davis, Brian Edwards, some more dart throws, and then Zach Wilson is where I finished. I just Zach Wilson was kind of a fun one. I just wanted to maybe see if it would spark some conversation that we had some good rookie conversations going on in this in this show. So yeah, um, but. Yeah, that's that's my draft. I don't know if I love it, but I I enjoyed the time that I got to spend on here with you guys and talk through some of these situations. That's for sure. He panders to us just so we don't rip his team apart. He's like, oh, I just enjoyed the time I had with you guys. I love you guys so much. Uh, I hate my team. Don't talk too bad about it. Yeah. I told you you remind me of DJ Moore. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I thought. I- I would just say, sorry, you guys. No, I, I would ahead. say that for a the build that you had here, where you went kind of light on wide receiver, I thought your dart throws down the stretch kind of made up for that. I think you did a good job to get some depth. Somebody should pan out. You should have a good combination of three wide receivers throughout the year. Will you make the right decision to play them? Knowing you, uh, maybe not, but uh, <laughs> you will have that option, I, I suppose. And I thought. For for playing around and messing with that kind of build, I thought you did a good job to recoup that. Yeah, I like the Corey Davis pick late. Uh, actually, when I when I saw that come up, I thought that was really good. The yeah. Russell Wilson in the fifth for me, like the the fact that Mac got Josh Allen around later, like I feel I Josh know. Allen is going to be gross. Josh yeah. Allen, I think, is going to flip flop with Lamar Jackson by the time the season rolls around. Do you like, really think so? In the I like, I'm not saying I would do it. But I think I think it might flip. I think um, I think he might be the second quarterback taken. I don't think that's egregious. That, by the way, like I I absolutely agree with that statement. That's why I'm, I said it that way because yeah. I don't want that to happen because I do think that Josh Allen 
could be the quarter like that, you know, later round quarterback, though, you know, like the Aaron where we got Aaron Rodgers last year, yeah. where it's like, yeah, he was really good. But, you know, I think I'd rather have these other guys. That where are, he, this is where he was kind of going last year, though, too, was Josh Allen was in this area. Yeah, people couldn't quite peg him. We knew right. that his rushing upside was good, but we didn't know if he would progress enough as a thrower. Then since he did, I, I, I kind of agree with Landon. I think as the season comes around, the excitement on Josh Allen's going to gain. Yeah, I'm just surprised you didn't take your boy Kyler instead. Well, I'll be honest with you. What I should have done was I should have gotten Ronald Jones in the fifth, and then I should have went Josh Allen in the sixth. Mm. But um, but once again, like like you said, I do think that you know Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, all all those guys are kind of in that same area. Even Dak, you could probably throw in there if he's as long as he's healthy. And I think if you're you know look at what who's drafting and who might go with as far as tiers. Right. And then you might evade that whole situation that I did. I didn't do a good job of, I just, overall, I hate this draft guys. I just hate it. <laughs> but I like drafting Look, with you. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. say two things. Um, I think to take shots on running backs late, like Chase Edmonds, I thought has looked better at times than Kenyon Drake. I, I thought he's been the more dynamic runner. He's been the more effective runner. Um, and like, there's a couple games where Kenyon Drake, you're like, Oh look, he had like 123 yards rushing. Oh yeah. But he also had like an 85 yard touchdown, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, Kenyon Drake, it is what it is. I, what did he finish as like the running back 13 or 14? Like it wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you draft him in the second round last year and that hurt. So, to take a shot on Chase Edmonds in the seventh, who could be the starter if this offseason, yeah. like that's fantastic. Um, Chuba Hubbard has his upside as well. Um, if Debo can stay healthy, I think that's the piece for this team. If Debo stays healthy, I mean, hit what Brandon Ayuk did last year, that is Debo's role. Right. Like, let's not get that twisted, right? Like, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk was great, but that's Debo Samuel's job to be that guy. And, and yeah, Brandon Ayuk will be mixed in, but that's Debo's job. So if he can stay healthy, I think that's the key for this team because Cole Beasley is not sexy, but PPR monster. Mm-hmm. Corey Davis, given the right landing spot, <sighs> sky's the limit. Um, yeah. And then Darnell Mooney, Brian Edwards are two breakout candidates for this yeah. season. So I, I, I do think there's some upside, but you're really locked and loaded with Zeke and, and Austin Eckler. So, and Darren yeah. Waller, that's another piece yeah. too, right? Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't think as bad as you as you think. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, all right, Big Travi, you want to break down your team, and then we'll we'll whip through uh, Whisper Nations. Yep, that sounds good. I went uh, one seven. We were talking about how the guys one through seven could probably end up being a toss up. I, I was happy to get Derrick Henry here. I think yeah, Derrick Henry yeah. is a beast. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. take him at one seven. Uh, Michael Thomas. I, I think it it really doesn't matter the quarterback now. We saw Taysom Hill get him the ball and, and make it happen, and we know that Sean Payton wants to get him the ball. So, Jameis Winston, I think, would be great too uh, if that ends up being yep. a situation or Taysom Hill. So, I'll take Michael Thomas at a discount in the middle of the second in a fourteen team. That, that's worked out well. Dave Montgomery, Mac, I was really excited to get him here. I didn't think he'd kind of be here on the on the turnaround here. Yeah. Uh, Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton. I think Sutton's a perfect wide receiver three to have with just huge upside if that guy can put it all together and stay healthy this year. 
Um, and then Deshaun Watson, I'm banking on him going out of Houston or playing this year. Uh, I think other than that, I mean, the guy's a stud. Um, I probably taking it back. I would probably go Josh Allen, but I, I haven't drafted any Deshaun Watson and Ava or Matt mock. So I wanted to get that in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarvis Landry PPR stud. Um, even if OBJ's back, I think he's kind of solidified himself in that offense oh, with yeah. Baker and chemistry's there. Alexander Madison was just kind of dart throws at running back to, to build depth. Um, should something happen to Dalvin, um, one of the higher um, rated handcuffs. Uh, Gus Edwards is a guy that produced uh, even with uh, Mark Ingram there and uh, with um, J.K. Dobbs in the mix, and they're going to run a ton. So I think Gus Edwards is a fine. If I'm in a hole and need to put some points in my lineup, uh, that's what I was going for there. David Njoku is a misfire. I was meaning to hit Jonu Smith, and I accidentally <laughs> hit David Njoku, so that kind of pissed me off, but we are where we're at. Cole Komet, um, I think, is going to just see an increase in usage. He, he saw it down the stretch. Um, and I think he's going to continue to see that next year. And then Julian Edelman, uh, all the way in the 13th, I thought um, was just great value there, especially in PPR. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, just kind of, you know, when you're in the middle on the draft, you tend to get a lot more value. Um, and this 14 team was a little harder to do, but I, I felt like it was just kind of a cookie-cutter value-based kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was going to go to Sean Watson had you, uh, had you passed on him. So I was happy to get either, but I, I did like the Deshaun pick there. Yeah. You know, Travis, if you stack up your positions for me and someone's like, okay, on this fantasy team, the starting two running backs are Derrick Henry and Dave Montgomery. You're like, good. Wide receivers are Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton. Nice. Good. But Jarvis yeah. Landry and Rager as backups. Good. Deshaun Watson's your starting quarterback. Good. Good. <laughs> Mitt, good. Starting tight end. It's not great, but it's, it's fine. Good. It's fine. It's not good. Yeah, no, I think I think it ended up working out well. And that's what, you know, when you know Johnny gave us the link. Sorry, Whisper Nation, we get it before you guys. But I wanted the seven in a fourteen team. I wanted to be able to swing with the you know the different runs that happen. Um, the the larger the league, I like to be in the middle a little bit more. So uh, and but, I did a random uh, number generator and I got seven. <laughs> and so I saw when I jumped in, you were already there. So I was like, oh, I thought you I'll just wanted to be close to me. I did. I did. All right. Honestly, all right. honestly. <laughs> well, good takes right, on this we, one. Yeah. Let's take it to the Whisper Nation. So we'll go through each one of the drafts uh, and, and get one of us will take it over and give our grade. And if anybody has a contrasting opinion, then will be the time to share. But we want to make sure we get everybody touched on. And Whisper Nation, uh, Snap Army, if you jumped over here with us, yeah. uh, let us know who you think did the best. Let us know who you think did the worst. Uh, we'd love to hear those takes. Um, we, uh, we are a community here and we are a part of that community, even though we are the ones on camera, we are in it with y'all. So I'll, uh, I'll just keep these words rolling and I'll start off with Jay Blizzy, our whisper nation listener league champion Ooh. who's been having, God damn, his drafts are so freaking good all the time. Um, let's yeah. see how he did this time at the two spot. He takes Dalvin cook and Najee Harris on the backside. Interesting pick there. It must be his boy. Um, and we said it last week too. He, he I love how Jay Blizzy here takes his uh, mock seriously in the sense that he's working out kinks. He's not all of the time trying to build a uh, a roster that's going to get fanfare going. Like this guy knows how to play fantasy football and he builds teams to work some things out. So um, that's a long way of saying Najee Harris is not a good pick to take in that position. But if that's, <laughs> uh, if that's his boy, I understand why he would do that. He's earned he's earned the benefit of the doubt on that. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, T. Higgins. As his three wide receivers, Justin Jefferson did what he did. Cooper Cup um, could still be the number one. It's between him and Robert Woods. He got him second, so I'd say the value was up. 
for that selection. T. Higgins is nice. Rashad Bateman, you like to see that upside. Dak Prescott, if he recovers, you know, God help the rest of the league. Uh, Nehem Hines, whatever. Um, Robert Tunyon, <laughs> like what his prospects are at the tight end position. Robert Gronkowski to back it up. Jamal Williams, you know, his. This is. This is actually one of the weaker drafts I've seen from Josh. Um, I would say it's not a bad squad. You know, with his two running backs being Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, you're probably saying that's pretty good. But the but the depth behind that is giving me some concern. You need Nehem Hines to be more than what he's slotted to be for you to be excited to be playing him on a weekly basis. I don't like to bank on anyone else's misfortune, so I just don't I don't think you're gonna be stoked on that. Jamal Williams is probably always gonna be second fiddle his entire career. AJ Dillon should be the lead dog if, if Jamal Williams over there. But hey, Jamal Williams like never had a fumble. He's reliable. He's good. He's awesome in press conferences. Um, I would. He's just he's just a second fiddle. His whole that's what he's going to be in the NFL. Um, and Marlon Mack is likely going to be relegated to a similar option. So I'm just not stoked on the ceiling play of this squad outside of Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Dak Prescott and the floor play gives me some concern there. Uh, I give this one um, a B B minus if if. If I'm, if I'm, I want to give him a B plus. I know he is, but I'm a, it's a B minus on a blind grade. So can't can't just give him the grade on the name. You know, you got yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think it's right. Sorry, Landon. Go ahead. No, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to go with my favorite draft uh, of all of them, and that's Tackle O Pandila. Pandila. This guy has my favorite draft. Even though he only has uh, three running backs, I think this guy gets an A. Uh, his his run of wide receivers, Calvin, Terry, Lockett, Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy, I think is great. He started the draft off with Alvin Kamara and Gladiator Dallaire. Uh, I like going the late late uh, quarterback or and tight end selection. That's why kind of why he I gravitated towards this draft. Uh, going Tannehill, Irvin, Logan Thomas. I think that's a really good way to finish it. Getting LaVisca Chenault, who we talk about the Jags at length, I think it's a super good value at in the ninth round. Uh, I think this guy has, I mean, it's it was tough to get running backs in a 14-team league no matter what. I give this guy an A. I think it's my, it's my favorite draft as long as uh, his running backs stay healthy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the big if, you know, at that position too. It's going to be really hard for the running backs to stay healthy. But, yeah, I, I do think you're right. That run of wide receivers is is really nasty, and it really helps his team out a lot. Obviously, the value of Ryan Tannehill I thought was a good one. Um, I don't have any disagreements on the A, just because it is we're, we're basing it off starting lineup. Um, but the depth does concern me a little bit. I might go A minus, B plus range, but that's fair. Cool. Uh, Mac, did you want to take Easy Daddy? Yeah, sure. Okay, easy. Easy. I like the start. The first four picks are solid. JT, Gibson, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper. I like it. The the Justin Herbert pick looking, I mean, obviously hindsight is 2020, but that was the mistake for me. Um, he auto drafted from there on, actually. So oh, think- did he? Oh, okay. Was, I didn't. I had to go to a silly birthday a, party. Yeah, his uh, daughter's birthday. We'll right, say. right, right. Shout Chloe out to Chloe. Shout out to Chloe. Um, but he did say he set his queue. So I think that's why he took Herbert where he took him because it was just gotcha. a guy in his queue that he worked. worked so for, for me, looking at his draft, I I think having Kenneth Gainwell as your next running back up. I mean, it's kind of like me. I don't feel great about Michael Carter, and it's very soft. But you do have a lot of safety in in Taylor and Gibson. Might have been nice to go like David Johnson or Raheem Mostert there uh, instead. 
And then on the way back, like had you gone Jerry Judy and then scooped a quarterback, I think that would have been solid um, because then like grabbing Carson Wentz in the eighth is just a, a waste of a pick. In my opinion, if you're going to pay up to go Justin Herbert, you don't need another quarterback. You know, you grab someone for the waiver wire for a week. So I think that was a miss. But again, auto picked. Uh, it is what it is. Tight end situation is not bad. The late end throws are not as sexy as I would have liked, like James White, whatever. Um, Lynn Bowden is interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, his 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 production late end of the year as a wide receiver and a running back. I think he still has that dual um, designation is interesting, but um, we, we could see MVS's fantasy value if there even was any fall off a cliff. So I thought the Justin Herbert pick was kind of the start of the end on this one. That's a great but the first four, great, great, great on that, Mac. Uh, grade, I would probably give a. Would you give Jay Blizzy? Give a B minus. Ooh, then I got to go C plus. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Just the way that he kind of auto drafted through it. Not saying that's why he gets the grade, but just the way that it fell off. Like yeah, that cliff. I mean, you could have done a lot of things to rebound after the Herbert pick, but. Um, yeah, but he yeah. didn't do it. But he didn't do it. <laughs> but he didn't. <laughs> I want to go B. I go going back on Blizzies. It's a fourteen team. I'm, I'm going to go B. I was inclined to say like a B minus, but I think C plus is probably probably middle of the road. If Landon's team isn't a playoff team, Easy's isn't a playoff team. <laughs> Damn, Landon getting dragged back into it. <laughs> oh man, I'll go with uh, I'll grade the news here. Uh, right. so he started off with Devonte Adams, then went DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, followed by CD Lamb and TJ Hawkinson. Uh, then Brandon Ayuk, Trevor Lawrence is his quarterback. A um, lot of rookies down the stretch here: yeah. uh, Terrence Marshall, Elijah Moore, Seth Williams. Dayami Brown, and then obviously Tariq Cohen and, and Jamar Jefferson in there. Tariq Cohen, not a rookie, but that was the only one of the last six I mentioned that wasn't. So um, I I don't have a lot of – I mean, if you're going to draft this many rookies, m- hopefully your quarterback isn't also a rookie. Uh, <laughs> that, that would be uh, – That would be Mike, false. That would be <laughs> false in this situation. I, um, I kind of liked how he started. I just – I can't give this thing anything better than like a C-, minus. unfortunately. I just yeah. – I love Hawkinson and I love Devontae Adams, but it's just not enough to pull it over the edge of all the rookies that he put on this squad. If this is a if this is a dynasty startup draft, though, I'm yeah, doing great. I'm all right. Yeah, Yeah. doing really solid. Yeah, Um, but it it is not unfortunately so for him. Uh, So C minus for me here. Fair. All right. Um, I can. You want me to jump into the cast pajamas? Do it. All right. So cast pajamas. 109 spot took uh, Joe Mixon in the first, Josh Jacobs in the second, Kenyon Drake in the third. I'm still not 100% sold on Kenyon Drake in the third. I just don't know where he's going to land. That's the only if there. But uh, so started with three running backs, then took uh, Adam Thielen in the fourth, then David Johnson in the fifth, Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd, and Michael Hardman in those middle rounds, six, seven, and eight. And then Damian Harris in the ninth, which I really like that pick. That's a nice pick. Uh, Jalen Hurts in the tenth, another nice pick uh, that I like. Sterling Shepard, Emmanuel, Sar- Emmanuel Sanders, excuse me, and Eric Ebron to close it out. I think this one's very, very interesting. Um, there are some very nice pieces in here. There are some pieces that I'm a little weary of. Um, 
overall, I think this is a very solid team. Like, I'm expecting Adam Thielen to eventually take a step back. I don't know what year it's going to be. It's going to be one of these years, but I just feel like he's going to throw, you know, fall off a dart or fall off a cliff. Um, it's hard for me to, th- but I, you know, I, I think a B plus is probably where I'm going to go with this. Mm. Ultimately, with this team, I really like Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts could be the quarterback that's the late round darling this year. But I, I do think that a lot of people yeah. will probably start coming around that sooner rather than later. So you could see his ADP start rising. I, once again, I like the Damian Harris. I like his stack of running backs. I think they're solid. I don't think they're going to be elite though. So that's why I couldn't quite. It's a B B plus. That's where I'm at. I'd like to issue just a quick um, apology to the Cats Pajamas because I besmirched the running back picks and I had my windows shrunk so that I could see both of them. Like I could see the 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 stream and the pick. So I when you do that, it there's a slider. And so the names didn't match up. So really, Reed Tyler's team is the one I was talking about with the the James Robinson, Todd Gurley, James Conner. Yeah. So I, my my sincerest apologies. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, here it is. He's like, oh man, I can have a starting. I have four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes more sense now. That, yeah, that's uh, that's totally no, my bad. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yikes! I don't. I'm not in love with his running backs, but like, if you want, like. <laughs> 10 points They're from these solid, guys, right? you're going to yeah. get that. Like, yeah. Yep. I, I think buying back into Joe Mixon, I think makes a lot of sense. Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs is a guy that just, I don't love anymore. I didn't, I he's wanted to want to like troll. him. I want to like him. Yeah. I don't want to, but like he's going to get volume. You're living in a low ceiling place. It's just like yeah. high floor, low ceiling. The it's lack of dart throws on this, on this team. It's all veteran team. Yeah. It's more yeah. of a very safe. Control. This is the exact opposite of Landon's yeah. team. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 All so right. It's very um, safe. Uh, Captain Bob. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'm so sure. Aaron, the 11th pick in our 14-team draft, Captain Bob took Aaron Jones, followed by A.J. Brown, his number one wide receiver in the second. He's pairing up Aaron Jones with Chris Carson. He's pairing A.J. Brown up with Julio Jones. Raheem Mostert is his third running back. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool locks up two Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. Zach Moss is his fourth RB. Michael Pittman coming into his second year. Is, uh, Joe Burrow is his starting QB. Um, Kadarius Tooney is his uh, rookie wide receiver picked up. Um, and Stevenson, a rookie running back, and Chris Herndon. Oh, man, you're doing – I like what you're doing before we got to that very last one. It's Christopher. Uh, Christopher Herndon. Christopher Turned in. <laughs> I think he's up. Excuse me. Um, you know what? When I like to look at this one is who's the running backs? Aaron Jones, Chris Carson. It's pretty good. Um, we'll say that Aaron Jones is either in a similar role with Green Bay or has a lead dog role in a team he signs with. Um, and Chris Carson, where it's at right now, he's still the lead back for the Seahawks. Okay. Aaron Jones, Chris Carson's two starting running backs. Feeling pretty good. Isn't Carson AJ- a free agent? Uh, I believe so, yeah. But I mean, I think what Austin was saying is like he's still in Seattle. Let's say gotcha, like, gotcha. That's, 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 we'll yeah. with Fair. Right that's the world we're rolling into. Grade, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So then AJ Brown, Julio Jones as the two top dogs. If nothing, I love it on paper. Um, look, looks really pretty. Um, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, backing it up. You're going to get one of those as your three. I, I like this. I like the upside that he brings there. Uh, then uh, with Michael Pittman. And the rookie wide receiver, more upside from those dart throw positions. I like that. Joe Burrow, I, I, 
you know, I wish that you had um, maybe maybe instead of Chris Herndon, you could have taken like Matt Ryan or something. But there's still that means there's waiver wire quarterbacks available at Joe Burrow if you needed somebody with some more experience. But actually, I really like that play there. I like the upside going down until Christopher Herndon. Um, I, I really I, I looked at this team right away and I didn't like it. And then I you know when I break it down and I go all the way through. He's got options. He's got a little bit of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have the highest floor, but it's not like a subterranean situation either. Most of these players are in a position to continue getting opportunity. And I think he's got really nice ceiling, actually. And with a little bit more analysis, given that we'll say Aaron Jones and Chris Carson and these guys are going to be in a situation that's going to be beneficial, I, I think this is a really good squad. I'm going to go with it's, – it's a, it's a B-plus for me. It might even flirt with A-minus just because of the 14-team nature mm-hmm. it's spread more thin it's a very strong b plus it's maybe like an 89 percent 90 percent team for me the only concerns i have with this team joe burrow is probably not going to be back to start the season your waiver wire options right now are very brutal and your tight end sit like you chris chris herndon might not play football like he might not be fantasy relevant for you (laughs) so i think there could potentially be two holes in some pretty important spots and i think there was ample opportunity to target um a better player or more of these players um like Kadarius tony and and Ramondre stevenson like whatever you know i think that would have been a good spot to maybe jump out and grab a logan thomas um who would be a huge fantasy upgrade to chris herndon um for sure that that's mm-hmm. kind of where I would go, um, and then the Deontay oh, Johnson Chase Claypool. I think De- Deontay Johnson just for a PPR is is going to be fantastic. I would have liked to see maybe pivot off of that because having both of them is maybe problematic. Mm-hmm. Not to say that there's not receivers you can't start two of. Like you know, if you started Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you're you're happy. You know, there's there's tons of duos out there you can do it with. But if Juju's still in the mix, it's different. Mm-hmm. This is a really flexible team, you know, like yeah, I hear your points loud and clear on the tight ends and the quarterbacks that if you had to stream a position, I'd be looking to stream those ones most likely. Yep. And then in those other positions, he's, he's just got a, lot, a ton of flexibility. And if he loses any position, he's not, he's not screwed. Yeah. So pretty good. Yeah. All right. Jay Blizzy. I like team. the team though. It was Jacob Blay. Actually we did Blizzy. Oh yeah. Sorry. Is there number one fan? Lando, do you want to grab him? And before Lando does, we got to flash up. Lando, you also did uh, Tackalo Pandia, and he showed up in the chat here all the way from Mexico City. Awesome early mark. Greetings from Mexico City uh, from your Tackalo Pandia amigo. I will keep the A grade from Lando. So, Lando, you're just dishing out A's pretty easy, I guess. We'll see if you (laughs) give one to Jacob Blay here. Fail, Jay Blay. Uh, wow. went just right oh. to a <laughs> cutthroat today. I've never seen yeah. this side of Lando. What's going I know on? that's just the that's just the you know what? I've, I've dished out a handful of A's and B's, I gotta mix it up. Yeah, F, you know, yeah, <laughs> quick three strokes. Yeah. I don't mess around. Jay Blay went Tyreek, Patrick Mahomes, George Kittle, Kareem Hunt, Mark Andrews, Miles Gaskin. He's got Marquise Brown, who I was thinking about in that range, Robbie Anderson, Latavius Murray. Daryl Henderson, Marvin Jones, Tom Brady, and Curtis Samuel. I don't mind the team. He's got some positional advantages. I would not have doubled up getting Mark Andrews in the fifth round when he already has George Kittle. Uh, but I understand that the uh, – This is a tight end premium league? 
No, okay. not premium. You can play better than flex, though. So. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> getting getting a Deontay Johnson, Debo Samuel, Will Fuller, Brandon Ayuk is somewhere I I would have much rather gone for his uh for his fifth round pick. Uh, Miles Gaskin, I I the you're buying the hate that you think that the Dolphins might draft someone, so you're getting a re- really good value on Miles Gaskin. Um. Overall, the team's not bad. Positional advantage at quarterback. I don't always love the teams that take Pat early. Get getting him early, it yeah. just always it never looks as good. But I know once you actually start him week to week, I mean he's locked and loaded. It gives you that mm-hmm. advantage. I understand that. But when you're doing a mock draft and you have you take Mahomes and Kittle early. I mean, you're just losing value at running back, but I think he did a pretty good job uh, getting Kareem Hunt and Gaskin. So uh, taking advantage of going with the positional advantage of the first three picks, not taking a running back, I think he bounced back really well. I remember Travi doing that. Um, I think I watched your listener league, Travi, and you took Kelsey in the first, something like that. And then you it was Kittle and, Yeah, Kittle and Mahomes. Mm. Yeah, and I think – Travi, in a similar sense, really did well getting Kareem Hunt late in that draft as well. Uh, so I think Hunt's a good value pick when you when you you miss a tier. He, it was an absolute tier break at running back, and I think he did a pretty good job of doing that. As for a grade, I would give I would give Jay Blay like yeah B B plus because he does have some advantages. He can trade away uh, Kittle or Andrews if he has to. He's got uh, Captain Bob to to find. Uh, <laughs> an option there maybe but they get along right the the only problem with taking pat mahomes there is like what is the difference in value between pat mahomes in the beginning of the second and then josh allen deshaun watson dak prescott in the sixth you know it is it is something you just can't make up yeah well we get that we get the hindsight too here we didn't see a run on quarterbacks that we could have seen maybe totally uh, you know like herbert was taken in the fifth round there was some weird things at quarterback in this Mm -hmm. one that we definitely get hindsight on but yeah i definitely get that point you're you know the trade-off value uh between the two um i don't mind this team i think it's right in that range you know the name value is there for jacob to be able to trade away like you said and then he's got some of the the heavy hitters to start out with the only just, part it's it's soft is is the running back. You know, like yeah. you're you're asking a running back two who's yeah. a great running back to to be your running back one, and then you know Miles Gaskin could be relegated. Like Miami's in the in the in the running for a running back, whether they right. draft one, whether right. they sign like Aaron Jones. Miles Gaskin could lose considerable work, so you know the running back is a, is of concern here. If he's the guy, I love that. Yeah, sure, absolutely. If he's the guy. Sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Miami's got four running backs. They don't actually have a running back. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Mac, bring us home with Reed Tyler. Last grade here. Okay. Um, elite piece in Travis Kelsey. Like that. I mean, right out of the gate, you got you got <laughs> elite two. piece in the second round. With James <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Here we go. I'm going full Lando <laughs> here. Um. Yeah, Travis Kelsey out of the gate. I mean, do your thing. Can't argue his positional advantage. Lamar Jackson, um, sure, much of the same. James Robinson isn't my cup of tea, but I understand why you would go that approach. Um, He's just not as safe as a more established Austin Eckler, um, DeAndre Swift. You know, the the guys that come – Miles Sanders even. I think Miles Sanders is extremely disrespected right now. and again, recency bias, you know, uh, uh, 
a historically terrible year for that that Philly team. So I think there's a lot of running backs I would go over, but I don't I don't fault you like we talked about earlier. Um, Kenny G is a good pick. I like him. Todd Gurley, James Connors, where the problem starts for me, and that's why I made that comment of this team could by week ten not even have a starter. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to play down that that road, like the Steelers are in line to draft a replacement. They've been really displeased with James Conner. And we've seen Anthony McFarlane get looks over him. We've seen Benny Snell get starts over him. Like James Conner's got issues. So and then Todd Gurley's probably, uh, you know, we, we saw him fall off a fantasy cliff. So those two running backs scare me. James Robinson's really going to have to carry the running back uh, load in, in that uh, backfield that he's got assembled. Gallup and Ruggs are nice upside plays. Um, I don't know why you would spend a ninth on Justin Fields or a tenth on Hayden Hurst when you've already gone out and gotten Kelsey and, and Lamar. Like you can stream those those guys for a week or two. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a good start, and I I like what you're trying to do, but Gurley and Connor and Fields and Hurst is just I think just wasted wasted picks. Yeah. I don't I don't see the value. That's all. Yeah, I think I think it, both of your teams kind of had the cliffs, both easy and, and this one kind of had the cliffs where they fell off and the you know not much was done in in order to kind of get back on track. Yeah. What what's your grade here for this one? I mean, I'm trying to figure out which team I like better between <laughs> it's it's Reed, 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 right? Reed. <laughs> Reed Tyler, you came through like okay. it was. Like, it was all You, we heard you say Reed. Like, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, like it's his, that's his name, right? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I just the yeah. way it came okay, through. Reed. Uh, I'm trying to figure out like whose team I like better here. Uh, <laughs> it just sounded like you were starting a remix, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, you came through. Uh, audio I probably like. <laughs> oh no, I probably like Eric's team better. Like. <laughs> so we need to go see. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> just there's just a smidge below. It's hard to argue with that. With Todd Gurley's like maybe a notch above Mark Ingram at this point. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, that's sad. That's what is sad. sad. That's sad. and like Todd Gurley was on like a touchdown per game basis for the first like eleven Dang. weeks. It doesn't last, boys. It, it does doesn't last. last. So yeah. The Gurley Connor picks are guys like I'm staying away from this year and and they just happen to fall in the same roster with a guy I don't even like as a running back one. So I I was yeah, maybe I was the just wrong person. Say, if you think those running backs are scary, then you also thought James Robinson was scary. Like he just does not have running backs you like. No, sadly. Yeah. Sadly. Am I the only one that's like down on Gurley and, and Connor before? Oh we- no, no, those oh, are no. those are both uh there I would not be no ghosts in my lineup. Yeah, do, do not draft. Do okay. not draft. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, do not draft me. Um, well, it doesn't last, and neither does these mock drafts. It has been a great, great Monday drafting alongside the boys from the Snap Fantasy Football Podcast, Landon and Mac. Thank you guys so much for hopping on and mock drafting with us, sharing your insights, breaking them down, and uh, it's been a lot of fun drafting alongside of you guys here today. So thank Yeah, you thanks for on. having us, man. Where, where can Whisper Nation catch your, catch your stuff? Where should they follow you at? What's, what should they pay attention to? Uh, if they go to your channel, they should be able to find our channel from there and vice versa. And then on Twitter, um, our main is snap underscore fantasy and I'm M T O U T two, three. And Landon is Lando underscore FF. All links Lando. are in the bio as well. Oh, perfect. All, 
all links are in the bio. Um, final thoughts. We only do one. Anyone's got the final thoughts? Uh, Travi's got to get a new shirt for next stream. I can't have that Rams junk in here. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> all right. No, it's I know. I know that. I know that's hometown. It's know such that's hometown. a comfortable shirt, dude. I've tried to like find another <laughs> Nike, like Packers shirt that's this comfortable. It's just not. It's got holes in it. It's just so. It's a perfect NFL shirt, man. It's going to be one of those yeah. ones you keep thirty years, and, and yeah. it just lives with it. I respect it, it because you're from the area, so like you know yeah. the hometown thing. It, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I like well, it. I'm Austin Sear. You got Big Travi and Johnny Game Time Hicks. We're the Fantasy Whispers, and we were joined by Lando and Mac from the Snap Fantasy Football Podcast. Have a great rest of your week, y'all. We're out. Peace. 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 Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers Podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.